Welcome to Season 3 of the Armchair Athletes on CMRU.ca. We're here to talk the four major American sports leagues. Your favorite sports show on CMRU.ca, hosted by Terrell, Taylor, Clayton, and Will. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Armchair Athletes with Clayton, Terrell, Taylor, and Will. Back in the saddle, back in the studio here. Feels back good to home. be back. Feels feels weird a little bit. Back at home. I was yeah. Say, when was the last time we had a studio show? Like, like before month? Christmas. Month. Was yeah. when we hung up those posters that someone so rudely took mine down. Yeah, folks. PSA real news. quick. I I, I have the up. taped up one with me. I'm gonna hang it up after the show. If you so. haven't if you haven't seen our wonderful posters that were so kindly created by Nikos Labatoria. They're beautiful. They and are beautiful. I've gotten a few people uh, Snapchatting me saying, because I'm on the front door. Yeah. And they're like, no way. And I'm like, it's what it is. Taylor is the face of MRU broadcasting. Basically. I'm surprised mine of all didn't get taken that's down. That's Mine's saying. right in the front door. Yeah. I mean, anybody that's not in the program, though, can't get in that door. That's so true. That's, yeah. That is the one safe part, which obviously Clayton's was in here, too. So that kind of lowers, the, tore lowers it down. the percentage of people it could be. They're just haters, man. Yeah. That's okay. That's how we know we're we're doing say, well is if, when we get haters. We're accepting so. an award at the ESPYS for the best sports podcast in five years. They'll be laughing. We have it's the five-year plan. Hire a private investigator to catch this person. Yeah, they'll know. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All righty. So, gonna start off, I think, with the NFL. We don't know if Truman's coming in or not today. So. He's he's a game time decision. So well, it's it's time for the game. game time. <laughs> he, yeah, it's game time. He's kind of like uh, a half member of the show, but he's like pretty lazy. Doesn't really put in any work. No, just kind of shows up, spouts some Packers propaganda, and leaves. <laughs> yeah. Are we really gonna slander Truman while he's not here? Yep. Yeah, because he's not here. Well, we slander him when he is here That's too. Awesome. Well, yeah. he's the reason why he's not here is pretty legitimate. So yeah. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> if he's telling the truth, yeah. Truman. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. I'm. You know what? Honestly, though, if there's, if I, I think you can believe him because if there's any day that he'd probably want to come on to do a show, it's today. It's today. So. Yeah. True. <laughs> he um, would love to. Yeah, and I mean, that's maybe the best segue to get into the wild card picks that we made last week. Yeah. Um, I'll start with mine. Everyone was kind of iffy though. We were all a little bit iffy on our wild card picks, although, um, not terrible. Could have been better. That's what I'll say. Maybe we'll do better this week. How about that? So last week, wild card. Um, the two wins that I had that I picked correctly uh, were a two seed beating a seven seed and the Bills over the Steelers and then a seven seed beating a two seed and the Packers over the Cowboys. Um, if you only pay attention to our show, you'll see or you'll think that I picked the Chiefs over the Dolphins, but I have to come clean. I did change my decision after last show and I was incorrect in making that change. Um, I overthought it. Again, my logic of Patrick Mahomes in a good defense, it held sound. Um, and yeah, and then every other game I got wrong. So I was two for six. Um, but then divisional round, uh, this is where I'm making up for it. I'm going AFC Ravens versus Texans. I'm taking the Ravens here. I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory. Chiefs versus Bills. I don't want to turn my back on Patrick Mahomes like I did last week, so I think I'm sticking with the Chiefs. Um, then in the NFC, Niners versus Packers. I think I'm taking the Niners here. Um, and then finally we got Lions-Bucks, which I think honestly could be the most interesting game of the weekend, and I have the Lions winning that one. We can go into more detail after everyone's done their picks. 
So here's my wild card picks from last week. Had a rough week. Uh, I guess just a rough season for picks it's for been, me. Yeah, it's been <laughs> tough. I had the Cowboys over the Packers. That didn't happen, but I thought it was hilarious that it didn't happen. So I'm okay with that. I had the Lions over the Rams. That did happen. Lions weren't losing that game after the Eminem video package <laughs> to start off the broadcast. Started strong. Uh, I had the Eagles over the Buccaneers. That did not happen. Browns over the Texans. That did not happen. Just rough week. The Dolphins over Chiefs did not happen, but the Bills over the Steelers did. Um, now for the divisional round, my picks and don't use my picks for betting advice clearly not financial advice so if you lose your home that's on you i don't feel bad for you and yeah, i'm not I just gonna wanna, you know the you know when teams have a point in the season where it like all goes wrong yeah i think the point in your season where it all went wrong was when you dubbed yourself clayton the clairvoyant i hang on a second. i did not <laughs> dub myself that was terrible that was okay yeah. well when you were dubbed clayton was, the clairvoyant okay it, it was, was all a, downhill it's a catchy name okay you know what there is a prediction for the nhl later in the show that i actually got 100 percent right so we'll we'll get to that yeah. though it's we're a long way from that um <laughs> uh so for this week I got the Ravens losing to the Texans. I can't wait to come on this show next week and be like, I was wrong about that. But no, here's why I have the Texans winning. Is Listen, there needs. I think there's just going to be an upset this weekend. Last week was full of them. I think there's going to be one this weekend. So uh, maybe it's more superstitions why I'm picking the Texans here, not because they're the better team. But also, they did roll over the Browns last week. Browns were a very good defense, and that was why I picked the Browns initially. But uh, I guess we'll go into more detail, as yeah. Terrell said. So yeah. just want to fire through here. I have the Bills beating the Chiefs. Have the 49ers beating the Packers. But once again, I hope the Packs w- win. Uh, and I have the Lions beating the Bucks. Who wants to go next? Will Taylor, what do you think? Um, I, I can go next really quick. Um, so I, for last week, I, I did okay. Um, I picked the Cowboy. I don't know what I picked that week. I you, swear I picked, you the picked the Packers. Yes. I think I picked the Packers. Yeah, you did. So that's a win. Um, Lions, Rams. I think I picked the Rams, unfortunately. Although I want, like, secretly everybody wants Detroit to win. I just thought um, the way that their history has gone, I kind of thought maybe it'd be safer to pick the Rams and how the good they had been. Um, they still had a good game. It wasn't like it wasn't a close game. It ended up being a one-point game. Um, so I lost that one. Um, Bucks Eagles. I picked Eagles, but I probably shouldn't have because they'd been playing so bad. Um, and honestly, the Bucks played very, very well in that game. Um, so I'm one and two. Um, Browns Texans. I'm one and three. Uh, I picked the Browns. Thought uh, maybe the veteran would beat the rookie. Uh, didn't end up happening. Um, uh, Bills Dolph or sorry Chiefs Dolphins. I picked the Chiefs. Um, based on the same kind of thing all of us have been saying is you can't really bet against Mahomes, especially in the first round. Um, and then I picked the Bills over the Steelers, even though all you guys know I'm a Steelers fan. Um, it's kind of just – That's just a good pick. Yeah, That's... like it's tough. <laughs> um, we were getting worked in the first half, and then we scored right at the start of the second half, and I was like, oh, maybe there's a chance. Um, and then they just scored the last touchdown, and we were already down by two scores, and it was kind of just a game over. Um, but – 
made the playoffs with the team that I didn't think would make the playoffs. Solid so, season. So I'll take it. Hang a banner. Um, <laughs> we should. Um, for this week in the divisional round, um, I, for the first game, Ravens Texans taking the Texans. Reason being is I, I don't know why. I just see a choke coming out of Baltimore. I don't know why. I that's, just think that's I just, same. Sorry to interrupt. I just I wanted to piggyback off that because I did pick the Texans as well. That's same with me. Ravens just kind of don't really perform. They give me a really weird vibe, like kind of like the Cowboys. Well, Not as bad as the Cowboys, as in like they've never done had success in the playoffs. But there's just something in the back of my mind that I just feel like they won't play well. I think it is just Lamar's playoff history, even though it is a small sample size. He hasn't played the best in the playoffs. No, so. that's it's not even just the quarterback. I just feel like the Texans' offense can just torch that defense for some reason. That's the same with me. And if you remember a couple years ago when the Ravens were the one seed, they fell to the Titans. Titans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, exactly. So who who I think is probably a worse offense than what this Texans team is. That was that prime Derrick Henry season. Yeah, that was but, when he but was rest using... of the offense, I think, as an overall whole, I think the Texans' offense – on paper. Were you going to say Earl Thomas? Yes, yeah. I was going to say that was when he used Earl Thomas as a blocker. Yeah. <laughs> Stiff arm um, backwards. Yeah, that was crazy. But I, I just, I, I don't know why I just see a Ravens fall here. Um, second game, I think will probably be the, I think it's going to be the game of the playoffs, um, potentially, um, is Bills Chiefs. And um, I have the Bills winning. As much as the Chiefs have the Bills number in the playoffs. I think we all know what could have happened in that last time they played with the whole overtime rule switch. Um, it's not at Arrowhead anymore either. Yeah. First time playing in Buffalo. Yeah. So in I think Buffalo's fans are probably some of the best fans in the NFL. Um, and I just think Josh Allen has his chance now to win, and I think he wins in regulation. I think they don't go to the overtime. And even if they do, he's got a chance now, and we could be in for a three-hour game because who knows how many times they'll go back and forth. <laughs> Um, but I think the Bills just have the better team now. I think in the past years, I think the Chiefs have had the better team overall, and I think this year the Bills do. Um, Niners-Packers. I was going to pick another upset here, but I just think the Niners are just a better uh, a better one seed than the Ravens are. Um, so I think the Niners will beat the Packers, but I could see it being a close game. I don't know why. Um, I think Love could have a bit of an, a master class again. Um but I do just see McCaffrey just running all over that defense because I wouldn't say the Packers' defense is very good. Um, their offense just played unreal. They still got 32 points scored against them. Yes, granted, garbage time, but still, um, I think you, you have to have an even better offensive game than you did against the Cowboys to win, and uh, I just don't see that happening. So 49ers. Um, Lions, Bucks, another game, like Terrell said, it's going to be interesting. But I'm going to pick the Lions because I want them to win. And last week I wanted them to win and did not pick them. (laughs) But this year I think they have a good team and I really like Dan Campbell. So I think it's going to be one of those, it could be a really low scoring game. I think it could be like maybe break into the 20s. Oh, it's going to be scrappy. Yeah, but I just think takeaways is a huge part. And I just feel like if the defense of the Lions can get pressure on Baker, he's prone to a mistake. Um, So I think... The Lions will win that one, but again, that one could be a toss-up too. Yeah, like Baker's played well. We can't, you can't really single out Baker as a bad quarterback anymore. Um, I think that has to be pushed to the back seat. He brought the Browns to the playoffs when they weren't great, and um, now he's brought a nine and eight kind of standard Buccaneers team 
to the playoffs. He's and got more playoff wins than Lamar. He sure does. So I think no one can really say that he's a bad quarterback anymore, and I think he's kind of found a home in Tampa. Um, even if they lose this next week, he's had a better season than anybody would have probably thought. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL um, for time to come. He's still young enough. Um, and I think if he has a couple more weapons around him next year, depending on what happens in in the in the trades, um, yeah, I I am picking the lines, but I wouldn't be mad if the Bucks won. Okay, uh, my wild card picks last week. I had the Cowboys over the Packers. That didn't hit. I had the Lions over the Rams. That was good. Uh, my big my big pick was the Bucks over the Eagles. Pretty proud of that one. Uh, the Bucks defense just looked crazy in that game, but we'll get into that. Um, I had the Browns over the Texans. Did everybody ha- take the Browns last week? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were all immediately wrong. First game of the playoffs. Truman, we- Truman did take the Texans. I was going to say, okay. Truman did, yeah. Okay. But unfortunately, he's not here. He's so not here. Lucky. So doesn't matter. He would be giving it to us right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had the Chiefs over the Dolphins that hit, and I had the Bills over the Steelers. Pretty solid. Pretty solid first round. I went four for six. That was the best out of everybody. So. Let's go. Um, this round, I am going to take the Ravens over the Texans. Um, like you guys already said, I don't think, I don't think the Ravens are as fraudulent as the Browns. Like, I don't know. Definitely not as much as the Cowboys either. Yeah, no. not as the Cowboys either. Um, and that's why I'm going to take the Niners over the Packers as well because, yeah, the Packers played really well offensively, but I just think the Niners' defense is much better than the Cowboys, and they have a whole lot more weapons on that side, and it might make Jordan Love's life hell. Um, I'm going to take the Bills over the Chiefs. I see Patrick Mahomes having a career day and beating the Bills, but like you said, Taylor, I think this could be game of the playoffs. Again, we've talked about it so many times about the team strength for Mahomes this year, and I, he doesn't have as much to lean on, yeah, um, than in the past. But Whereas, I mean, sorry, go ahead. Isaiah Pacheco just, was yeah, I just think receiver game. room wise, yeah. Kelsey has not had a good season, no, to his standards. Rasheed Rice though, that guy's yeah, a dog, and but he's you also have be... to realize people like on the Bills side, Shakir has been really good. Yeah, well, um, he might have had Dalton Kincaid yeah. is very very good. Um. Yeah, Dawson Knox. That uh, touchdown by Shakir. Me and Truman were watching in class, and it was just like melted into my seat watching that. That was nuts. Yeah, I just think I just think the weapons that Josh Allen has is the best he's ever had. Yeah, and Um, that was without Gabe Davis. Yeah, that was. We'll get into it, Mm -hmm. but uh, that rushing touchdown from Josh Allen that was nuts too. Mm. Um, Yeah, so I'm also. I'm going to roll with the Bucks, man. I think it's going to be a scrappy game, but, man, it's so hard for me to not root for Baker right now. Mm-hmm. Guy's electric. And, yeah, like I said, their defense, like, that was one of the better defensive games I've watched as of late. Like, they just swarmed Jalen Hurts all game. Yeah, that's my picks. Okay. the uh, I don't know what we want to start with. I have... I think we should do players of the week. I was going to say, I have players of the week, and I have a lot of options here just because I wanted to kind of have a discussion about it. I don't know if you guys have an opinion on who it should be. I have a guy I, in my head I, that I, I have a guy in my head as well. Okay. But. 
Um, <clears throat> well, I have two. I have one that probably should win it, and I have one that I think could be someone that kind of flew under the radar. Can I throw one name out there that's not Offensive Player of the Week, but I thought played pretty well in a losing effort? Was Devonte Smith? Yeah, the Eagles. Was yeah. He was the one bright spot for the Eagles. Yeah, he was all they game. had. Yeah, um, but the guy that I probably would have picked, and this was tough for me, as I was between Jordan Love and Josh Allen. Um, but I think you have to give it to Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. Um, he did play a weaker defense in uh, Dallas, but he was making some like insane throws. Which is weird because I don't think at the start of the year we would have thought <laughs> Dallas's defense would be a weaker defense. No, remember I think, remember that first week how they torched the Giants. Yeah, I think it was just that Trayvon Diggs injury hurt them more than yeah. anything mm-hmm. else. And then Stephon Gilmore, unfortunately, is kind of getting washed. Which I don't is know weird because he's had he had games this year where he was really good. Yeah, he did have good games, but I don't know and if you then, guys saw the route where he got just. Yeah. He got sent like ten yards away from there. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, there was another um, one. I don't know if it was Gilmore on him, but was it Musgraves, the tight end for the Packers? He had like oh, 10 just, oh, that space. was insane. Like just naked. I think there. that yeah. was not just Gilmore. I think that was just a full on defensive breakdown. Yeah, I think they just the brought they brought the house, and then Love just got it enough. Was, yeah, yeah. It and was there like, was just nobody covering. It was like crazy play call design. I remember watching that play because I was like, how did he get that wide open? And it was like they faked the screen the other way to the running back. And then just had, like, Musgraves leak out. And then, yeah, there's just no one, like, 20 yards within him. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah. So, I guess a bit of a tangent. But, yeah, player of the week. I have to give it to Jordan Love. Obviously, playoff debut. Um, and he just played incredible. And I think if Dallas had kept it even a little bit closer, he would have had a chance to run up those numbers. But same with C.J. Stroud. I just think Stroud, the Browns' defense on paper was better. Their secondary was just garbage this week. Um, and Stroud did miss a couple throws, whereas Jordan Love, I don't think, really missed any. Mm. Uh, the other guy I wanted to give a shout to was just Puka Nakua because he mm, had that's what I was just about to say an absurd week, uh, record breaking week, set the rookie receiving yards record um, in the playoffs. So good for him, you know. Again, losing effort for the Rams, but he played fantastic, and mm. I think yeah, he's just incredible out there in Los Angeles. So yeah, but my pick for offensive player of the week, wild card round, would be Jordan Love. Do we want to? Do we want to just go through all the pictures? Uh, I, I, I just want to. I just was gonna say Puka Nakua for mine, okay. or potentially Aaron Jones. I was thinking I was, Aaron Jones. Too. Aaron Jones was a guy. Week. Had down, yeah. He had a crazy week. He was, yeah. Which I think that's if he has another good week this week, could maybe see another upset. That, but yeah, that's just it's just that Cowboys run defense in comparison to the Niners is like. Yeah, mm-hmm. just not the same. Yeah, which on paper you would think they would be closer, but they just – the Cowboys in the playoffs, I think everybody goes down. Their linebackers aren't anything to – they're like nothing to write home about either. No. Whereas well, I think if they didn't lose – um, what's his name? I'm gapping on his name. Neck brace guy. Uh, Van Der Esch? Van Der Esch. I think he's really good and underrated, mm-hmm. and I think losing him is tough. I think – yeah, I do. We'll get into it when the defensive one, because I have yeah. another guy that I think would have helped. But, but so, yeah. do you guys you guys take an Aaron Jones as your player of the week? Then I, I think I have Him to go Puka. with I think I have to go with the initial choices. Like, yes, Aaron Jones was awesome, mm-hmm. but th- there was like you put so many players down here you could have chosen from. I think I have to go with Jordan Love as well. So. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Amon Ross St. Brown had a really good game too in a more well. defensive yeah. game. But I think Amon Ross is a very very underrated. Yeah, wide absolutely. Um, and what was oh, I was gonna say something else? Um, 
I don't, oh, yeah. I was just going to say that uh, Stroud and Love put up like almost identical numbers. I think Stroud had two more yards. It was two it. more yards and everything else was the same. Um, there was a lot of like, I don't know, weird discussion about the PFF grades after the game because Jordan Love had a far better grade than C.J. Stroud did. But like I said, Stroud just missed a couple throws and made some questionable plays, um, whereas Jordan Love really didn't. But if we go to the defensive side of the ball, this one is really it's narrowed down quite a bit. Um, there were so many great offensive performances that we had to have a big list of guys there to choose from. But on defense, I have Christian Harris of the Texans and then Darnell Savage of the Packers. Um, both had obviously had pick sixes. I went with Christian Harris because he had that pick six, but then he also had uh, six solo tackles um, and a sack as well. So they're both obviously great performances, uh, just pick sixes on bad throws. Dak Prescott, that was oh a horrible, horrible throw. And Joe Flacco, um, that was maybe my favorite moment of that game, even though I got the pick wrong, is he threw that first pick six. Joe Flacco did, and I said, don't worry, my former Super Bowl MVP will lead the Browns to a comeback. And then he threw another pick six immediately afterwards. So I was like, well, I guess that's not happening. Never mind then. <laughs> that, um, that entire game, I just had uh, that clip of Donald Trump have you seen that? It's like the Q and A. He's like, I think Joe Flacco is an elite quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. racing through my. I mind. have one that isn't in here, but AJ Klein from the Buffalo. From Bills. Buffalo, yeah. Backup middle linebacker, third string middle linebacker, coming off the cause, streets because Matt Milano was injured from the starting of the year, which is what I was about to talk about. Is saying, who knows what it would have happened if they had Matt Milano too? But AJ Klein coming in. Led the team in tackles and only started a quarter of the way into the game. I'm pretty sure he was like he was he wasn't in as many snaps and then was in basically every defensive snap after yeah. the first quarter. Um, so I would maybe give him a shout only because of the circumstances that oh, he's yeah. not uh, a number one guy and led the team in tackles. He was what was the story? He was on his way to Key West with his family. He was yeah. loading up the RV to go on a vacation and he got a call from the Bills and then. Yeah. He's like, okay, I'll come. See, like, that's pretty crazy to think about. Um, So that would maybe be another one that I would have thought, but I think Darnell Savage or Christian Harris, too, are obviously, like, more for the play they made. Yeah. But I think, like, solid, no-mistake game, AJ Klein is up there. One of the reasons that I did uh, pick the Chiefs over the Bills um, is because of the linebackers on the Bills, uh, as much as AJ Klein racked up tackles. I don't know how they're going to cover Travis Kelsey as much as Kelsey's. Uh, hasn't been as dominant as he was in previous years. Um, you, AJ Klein, unfortunately, is not running with Travis Kelsey. Um, so yeah, that was that was kind of my takeaway from that game. Is the middle of the field for the Bills is going to be a bit of a, I don't know. It's Although I would say great. the Chiefs have less offensive weapons, so potentially yeah. that'll change your defensive scheme. So it, it might benefit. I, you know, I'll just go through these picks and then I'll talk about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. I cut myself off there really. Um, but, yeah, so I think I'm taking Christian Harris here. I don't know if you guys have any big opinions that, that, no. I've, that I've snubbed somebody. There wasn't as many um, choices to pick from mm-hmm. on the defensive side. Um, I mean, um, uh, um, oh, my God, what's his name? What team are you thinking of? Because I'm thinking of somebody. Detroit Lions. Um, Aiden Hutchinson? Aiden Hutchinson had a really good game. He did as well. I'm thinking of Kalijah Kansi from the Bucks. also had a great game. Uh, as a rookie. So there really were a lot of performances here. I just think the two most notable plays are really those pick sixes. So, and again, six more tackles and a sack from uh, Christian Harris as well. So, um, Let's go into the 
Cowboys-Packers game, I guess. Uh, I'll start this off. You have it written down here. I think it was you, Terrell, wrote this down. Yeah. Right. Um, Cowboys' failure is inevitable. I thought the failure would come in the divisional round yeah. against the Detroit Lions because I just thought that would make sense. Like, you have the Cowboys who are this hyped-up franchise and they lose to the Lions. Yeah be the ultimate disappointment for the Cowboys. It ended up coming a week earlier against the Packers. And here's the thing, though, too. I picked the Cowboys last week because I think it was, once again, a superstition thing. A two-seed has had never lost to a seven. Now, this has only been playoff format yeah. for a few years now. Yeah, it's most emphasized. But still, I think that's the most Cowboys thing ever to be the first team to lose to the seven. And as well, I just thought all around there was more talent on the Cowboys, and how Jordan Love ended up proving me wrong on that. I had a huge game. Um, but as you said here, this game, much more of a blowout than what the final score indicated. I believe it was 16 points separated the two at yeah, the end. 48-32. It was not a 16-point game. Not even close. It was the Cowboy or the Packers, rather, had that game wrapped up, um, I think at around even halftime, you could have made the argument. Yeah. And... I mean, they continued to score as the game went on. Then the Cowboys started to score. But I think, though, too, Packers' defense, I think, was kind of letting up a bit. And I think that they just kind of... Like, you've got a tough matchup next week. No reason to go out there and yeah. risk getting injured. Mm -hmm. So, I don't... I, I'm not putting any stock into the Cowboys uh, putting up points near the end of the game. It doesn't really matter all that much to me. Sorry, I might sound like a hater here, but the game was wrapped up by that point. Yeah. Green Bay already knew they were going to win. They didn't. And they continued to score as well. So. Mm -hmm. That's it. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Packers continued to score. I like the Cowboys did have some momentum. They were like they were driving quickly. Yeah. They got yeah. a touchdown pretty quick and it felt like, oh, maybe they could come back. And then next possession Packers score and it was over. The uh, the other thing I should have brought up, but I didn't with Offensive Player of the Week, is you kind of said Devontae Smith had the only bright spot for the Eagles. Jake Ferguson really was the only bright spot on the Cowboys. Three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. Yeah. So he could be a pick there as well. Um, I think he had a two-point conversion or two as well. So I mean, yeah, he played fantastic. He's really the only guy on the Cowboys that was making uh, solid plays out there. Obviously, um, the big takeaway is... I have here, is it time for a coaching change in Dallas? But apparently they don't think so. I put that down before they made that report that apparently... It uh, is time. I think it's time as well, but uh, is it? it's McCarthy, right? Yeah. 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 He, apparently he's sticking around in Dallas. So what, what do you think of... And this was before the game this last weekend, but Micah Parsons, I think he probably said it on his podcast, said that if Dan Quinn left Dallas, he might go with him. Yeah. You want Dan Quinn in Seattle now? I didn't uh. want him before that game. So <laughs> he had he has issue dealing with like motions and all that sort of like fancy stuff from the offense. And you're moving into a division that has Sean McVay and um, Kyle Shanahan on the 49ers. You're going to be dealing with that at least four times a year in division. I don't want a defensive coordinator that struggled with it that much as my head coach. Um and like I said, that was even before this game. That this should like take him down all the way to the bottom of the rankings. Honestly, I'd go give Pete a box of chocolates and some flowers and say, "Please come back, Pete, before I hire Dan Quinn for Seattle." <laughs> Pack of gum. Yeah, there we go. That's what he needs. I mean, he goes through it. So, um, but yeah, it was just really disappointing um, 
for Dallas. I mean, like we said, we kind of come to expect it every year. Um, I said last week it's probably solid to bet on Dallas to lose in the playoffs at some point, so why not now against the Packers? And, uh, yeah, that's what it, that's what happened. Uh, the big, I'd say one of the other things in Dallas is that they just can't run the football. Now, obviously, they got down so much so fast that it really wouldn't have made a difference. Um, but the Packers' run defense is terrible, which is why I did pick the Niners over the Packers. So I think if they could have run the ball, maybe they could have kept this game a little bit closer. But uh, obviously, you know, you throw two picks and have a pick six right off the bat. You're down 20 at half. Mm-hmm. Running the ball isn't really an option. Tony Pollard was invisible in that game too, yeah. I thought. Yeah. So uh, and Rico Dowdle, I think actually, I think I seen him make more impact plays than Pollard did. Yeah, your running back rooms: Tony Pollard off a broken leg, Rico Dowdle, and five five Deuce Vaughn. It's like <laughs> not really inspiring. Um, so that was disappointing. Uh, Dak, he put up numbers. Obviously, they were all in garbage time, so it's like that doesn't move me either. It was really just a big disappointment for Dallas, like across the board. Um, but for the Packers, this was like as good as it can be. At this point, you know, with house money, no one expects you to make it this far. You're the youngest team in the playoffs. Um, whether or not you win against the Niners next week, obviously you want to win. But if you lose, I don't think you really care that much. Um, really, I think this season was just to see what Jordan Love can do as like the full-time starter. And he's exceeded everyone's expectations. I thought this is a take I maybe should have been more. Uh, vocal about on here but I thought Jordan Love was going to be pretty good this year I didn't think he'd be nearly as good as he is right now he's been playing at like MVP level second half of the season so it was it was just uh, incredible stuff from him obviously we mentioned Aaron Jones already he went crazy against the Cowboys as well and then we talked about it last week but the Packers receivers I don't know how they do it um it was terrible last year no one thought it was going to be good at the start of the season and then as the season went along they just played better and better um, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else to say about this game? No. We can uh, move on to the other seven versus two seed. Steel, uh, Steelers versus Bills. Taylor, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It was a tough way for the season to end. But, again, like you said, you made the playoffs. I don't think anyone expected you to. So No, definitely not. Um, but, really, it is just it's playoff Josh Allen again. That, like uh, Will mentioned already, that touchdown run from him was nuts. Oh. He like he burned the Steelers defense. He was moving. Oh yeah, he broke a couple tackles too. I thought he could have been down seven yards into that run. Yeah, mm. that's why I kind of wish we were two today, but because I think it just it, brings out another element. Oh yeah, well, I think yeah. T.J. Watt would have made a difference, but mm. I don't know. Would it have? Uh, that's why I was gonna. Would say. it have changed the outcome? Maybe not, but yeah, he definitely would have made a huge difference for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um. And really my big concern with the Bills was that defense. Obviously, we kind of saw the Steelers' offense heating up down the stretch, uh, and the Bills' defense is just plagued with injuries, so they haven't been uh, playing fantastic. But they held up enough to uh, keep uh, the Steelers just out of the game, and that's really all they had to do because Josh Allen was, again, carrying that offense. So good for them, I guess. I just don't know if it'll if it'll hang versus the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, the Maybe my... You know what, we'll leave that for last. Uh, Mike Tomlin, I don't know if there's been any more reports. I know his head coaching for next year has kind of been up in the air whether or not he wants to go back. Um, My personal opinion of it is I think he's too good of a coach to get rid of, but at the same time he's good enough to, like, keep them in NFL purgatory where they stay middle of the pack forever and they just can't get, like, significantly better through the draft. Uh, You're picking, like, 
right around the 20s uh, every year. It's just hard to improve the team. Um, so it's like it's such a weird situation because you don't want to get rid of him because he is that good of a head coach that he can elevate your team that much. But changes have to be made at some point, and unless they make like a big trade up for a quarterback or, like we said, uh, panics falls, which I think as um, we get closer to the draft, the likelihood of that happening is going to continue to increase. So maybe they can get him uh, in their first-round pick. Like I said when I was talking about him before, I have seen a lot of people giving him like a day two grade and having him second and third round, so maybe he falls to them. Then, I don't know, there are just a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. Uh, if you aren't picking like top 15, top 10, you probably aren't going to get anybody. So, Taylor, you're the Steelers fan here. What do you think? Uh, I think Mike Tomlin stays for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's his fault at all. He's got to have – like you can only do so much with what you have. To get um, them to the playoffs is an incredible oh yeah. feat. With a quarterback that might as well have no arms at the start and then a second quarterback that shouldn't be a quarterback in the NFL and then the third quarterback who should probably have been the first-string quarterback from the get-go. Are we talking Pickett, Trubisky? Yeah. Rudolph? Rudolph. I would say Pickett is not an NFL quarterback. I would say Trubisky is definitely not an NFL quarterback. And then I would say Rudolph is good as a backup but should have been the starter this year. Um, I don't know. I just think the Pickett draft was just because he played for Pittsburgh in university, honestly. I don't really see why they went for that. He's just not good at going. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't test anything. Like, you saw when we played, and a lot of people were saying it was Matt Canada, and I thought at the start it was probably him, but even after Matt Canada, before the first change, he just doesn't, he doesn't test the, the field. Um, he's way too conservative, and with a team with someone like Pickens um, on your team, and 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 um, Pickens Johnson. and uh, Johnson, Deontay yeah. Johnson, um, that are good deep threats. You can't have people like that just running up the field five yards and then blocking. Mm. Um, so I think he's – I don't know. I don't know if it's all him or if it's play calling as well, but I just think Pickett's just not that great. Um, I was going to say as well, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned Tomlin's a great coach. I think there's no doubt about that. I think it'd be foolish to say he's not with his – I mean, he's never been under 500. That's pretty impressive for how many years he's coached in the NFL. Mm -hmm. But like Terrell said, do you maybe – how do you address it where – it's Tomlin's good enough to get the team to the playoffs, but not good enough to, I guess, tank. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of stuck in that purgatory. What's the answer for that? It's players. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like it's not, this, it's not the coaching. No, this season not. is a good example of that because, like, you can get to the playoffs, or he got them to the playoffs. In the in the, the in the, the toughest division, have, yeah. in the toughest division with a third string quarterback. And scoring under 20 points a game for the three quarters of the season. Without your best player, T.J. Watt. Yeah, in the play yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, he was there for the whole season, but. But, sorry, um, in the playoffs. Like, I don't think, I think if we had a better quarterback and maybe one more weapon on offense, we would we could have finished right there with Baltimore. My, yeah, true. The, the, my, it's, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm saying, um, I think he's fantastic. And like Clayton yeah. said, he's led them to be above 500 for his entire tenure there. I'm saying. How is it possible for them to get out of the NFL purgatory if they are constantly, like, just barely good enough to not pick high enough to get a mm -hmm. quarterback? Because at the moment, do I don't you, know. Like, do you s sign someone? Like, but we need to sign someone 
and trade. Like we don't we don't yeah. trade much. So it's like yeah. we're just kind of leading in with our like decent draft pick every year that's okay and just hoping that he does something, which Pickens I think on any other team could be a top 10 receiver and maybe that's just me, but I think he is so talented. Yeah. He just doesn't have the guy throwing. To. If if he played on if if he was CD Lamb How many times CD Lamb didn't exist? He'd probably have the same season as C.D. Lamb did. How many times do you see George Pickens make something out of nothing where he takes, where he takes a short pass All and just goes down the field? Well, he's, good, the he's good for one highlight a game at the very least. All the time. I think if he was thrown to more, again, we already talked about this, he had 66 catches this year and he averaged 18 yards a catch and had a 1,000-yard season. Yeah, that's crazy. Like that's he, he should be a guy that has 100 catches every year. Yeah. What like, kind of signing are you making? Like quarterback? We need quarterback. Quarterback number one. Um, whether that's Penix falling or signing someone. I've seen a couple things about Kirk Cousins, yeah. who I like. That is, yeah. Um, which I wouldn't mind at all because he's still young enough um, if there's people like Aaron Rodgers is still in the league um, age-wise um, that I think he could be a definitely a serviceable quarterback. We've seen it. He's very good. He make, gets teams to the playoffs, um, and I think he's much better than what we have right now. Again, you guys were talking about last last episode that maybe – um, going the youth route, it wouldn't be great to go for Fields. I like Fields, so I, again, I don't know if he'd be my first option, but I wouldn't be devastated if that's who we decided to go for. Because mm-hmm. again, we made it with we made it ten and seven with with Rudolph. So and Fields is definitely better than I think so too. The trio so I Rudolph. think that's why, like. Yes, we need a quarterback, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be devastated if we took a guy that's twenty three, that yeah. can run, which none of our quarterbacks can run. So that adds another dimension. Um, I think he has a good arm, so yeah. I think if you give him the offensive line, which I think our offensive line isn't awful, it's right kind of middle of the pack of the NFL. So I think we're 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 fine there. Um, two good running backs and a very very good receiver that I think is better than any receiver that the the Bears have. Um, Maybe bar DJ Moore, but I was gonna say I don't DJ know. Moore's I think I think, I think Pickens is with more targets is better than Moore, in my opinion. Again, I I has the potential. Fan. Yeah, I think I think the catches that that guy makes is ridiculous. Um, so I think Fields would be good, but I don't know if he'd be number one. I think I think it goes if we can get Penix, great. If not, Kirk Cousins would be great, and if not. Fields, and I think Fields would be great if he worked out because then he's 24. So then you sign him to a 10-year contract, and that's your quarterback until we have to worry about it in 10 years. If we want to win now mentality, you take Kirk Cousins because at least he's a good quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's experience. He's 35 or whatever he is. You got four years of potentially making a run. And then the third option is mm, we're probably not going to win right now. We'll keep Tomlin because we're going to probably still finish 500 knowing his luck, but we'll take Penix and try again for another draft pick quarterback. Yeah. I think the biggest issue with Fields is that he is on the end of his deal, so if he's going to get signed, it is he's probably going to be asking for a pretty significant amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a big risk to take, and if he doesn't pan out, then I don't know if you want to have that. That's the thing. Like, money I think well, he has another year left, right? I don't know if he's free agent this offseason or next. Because if he has a year left, let it fly, I think. Because if if he does play really, 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 really well in his contract year, then we can sign him. If he is up this year, then that makes it more of a risk. Because then you have to sign him for the money that he wants, or close to. Uh, yeah, he is. 
Uh, Fifth-year option next year, unrestricted free agent 2026. Okay, so we have another year of him playing. So that's the thing that makes it less of a risk because then he just he walks after yeah. this year if he's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes it even more of a, a an interesting choice. But like you said before, I think quarterback is the first first thing we need to get figure out. Again, I think you keep Rudolph on, in the books and you make him our backup quarterback because, again, if something happens and he gets injured, we've seen that he's – in the last three games yeah. of the season, he was very good. Mm-hmm. And we scored 30 points a game. So keep him as the backup. Get rid of Pickett. Get rid of um, Trubisky. Trubisky. I think if you still want to sign a Penix as your – I don't think you can get Penix unless you trade up. I'm just I, looking at a couple draft boards, and he's well, going he, the, we, we have the 25th pick, right? He's gonna, he kind of. There's just a lot of teams. I know he's been mocked 20. to the Vikings quite a bit. Yeah, which is pick 20, right? Yeah. Uh, Steelers are pick 20. Vikings are at 11 right now. Okay, yeah, I got that mixed up. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a, again at the starting, it was all he was going to Atlanta. Yeah, there's a lot of mocks saying he's going to go to Atlanta. There's just a lot of teams, quarterback needy teams in the league. Exactly, right like, and there's there's a good handful of good quarterbacks, but I think a lot of them are going to go top twenty. Like, I think Bo Nix goes. Jaden Jaden Daniels. Uh, Jaden Daniels goes. Jaden Daniels is a Patriot. He's going. He's going top five. He's a Patriot. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. I think it's yeah. It's. I think it's, I would hope. I would hope you take him. At Williams, five. Mayer, McDaniel's, and they're all going top three. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, yeah, May's too good. Although I've looked at May's stats and they're not as good as the other quarterbacks. In the you league. gotta, but you have to also. He's also ba- playing for UNC. I was gonna say you have you to gotta, base it on conference. You gotta watch. You gotta watch some tape of that kid. Let me tell you, he looks like baby Herbert. Josh Allen out there. Mm. He, he Herbert, yeah, but he runs like he's a maniac. He's got. The I don't know. Josh I just. Allen. We also have to realize that the ACC for football is not nearly as good as the ACC for other sports. I just. So. You, I just don't know. Like that's, it's a little bit kind of helmet scouting because he does make great plays. Mm-hmm. Um, would I be shocked if he isn't like fantastic? Because um, obviously, there's a lot of quarterbacks in every draft that aren't going to be good. No, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think he's as sure of a prospect as Caleb Williams is, but he has his own problems. Mm-hmm. I think they're almost interchangeable for one and two in terms of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But I still would have Caleb Williams first. I j- I, j- I just want Jalen Daniels or Jaden Daniels, Jayden Daniels yeah. because I want a quarterback who can make a play on his legs. That's that's like what I'm saying. Watching Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, and the horrible offensive line that we've had, I need a guy who can you make don't a want play. A sneaky athlete at quarterback. No, anywhere? I don't want a locker a room locker guy. guy. Um, no. um, that's the same dude. boat I'm in too. Not that say- our offensive line is nearly <laughs> as bad. I just think um, it just adds a whole other dimension. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Bills would not be in the. In the position they're in, if they didn't have Josh Allen being Dude. able to run for what he exactly. did, exactly. We, I was gonna say, Do we, we want to circle back. We got, yeah. we, we want to keep, keep, such keep a this roll. Right <laughs> we'll, well, well, you can try and make the next ones quick so we can get to the divisional round. I was gonna like say, like all these other games are kind of like, hey, they happened. Yeah. I mean, um, Lions Rams was good. Lions yeah. Rams was good. Was very um, good. Jared Goff, Josh Reynolds revenge game. Obviously, Pukunakua was like absolutely leathered one play. I remember he came across across the seam, and got absolutely blown up, and I was like, he's dead. And then he just got straight up, and I was like, "There's no well, that's nothing just compared to the Tyler Higby hit, though." Dude, oh, that was that's <laughs> right to the knee. Oh, I, oh that I was awful. Watch, I couldn't watch that. But there was there was a lot of the one of the points I have here is that um, saying that that was like a dirty hit was kind of doesn't make sense to me. No. Um, How are you gonna tackle a guy? 
the the league doesn't want players to hit high and they don't want it but then there's a lot of people i saw i heard in the broadcast they're saying that there was a couple of broadcasters that asked asked players and what they would hate they what they hate more and they said they hate the low tackles yeah but unfortunately it's up to the league it's, and not the players here's the thing though too they're penalizing now headshots if you penalize low tackles, you're making the job on the defense that much harder. Yeah, yeah like it's it, that's what I've thought too. It's like, like what, he, it can't be a perfect tackle every time, or the games are going to be eighty to seventy-six. Like yeah. you're never going to be able to get a tackle, and the games will take so much longer because there's yeah. going to be a flag on every third play. So it's it's like you could you could make the argument that yeah maybe it, it's a dirty hit. I don't think you should. I think he he made, was kind of like half in the air. Like you could tell he was going to try and jump. And then just couldn't get his leg he, that got hurt yeah, just off planted. the ground. Yeah. And then, yeah. So it's like, obviously it's tough. You don't like to see injuries like that. But, like, what else can you do there? Um, but in terms of more positive things, that Rams, the Rams draft class this year, uh, despite not having any firsts, uh, just not really looking great heading into the future, they had some great picks. Obviously, Puka's the standout. Uh, Kobe Turner has been fantastic as well. And then uh, Steve Avila, who they took in the second round, uh, f- slotted right in a starting role. So it was like a super underrated rookie class for the Rams. Um, was Ernest Jones a rookie? Uh, I don't know. But yeah, what you wrote in this document, Terrell, mm-hmm. Puka is still goaded. He, he was crazy that game. Now, and I will say, at least part of it is, I can't find, oh, there it is. Wait, is it? I can't find this guy, so whatever. We'll just move on. Um, but, yeah, Puka, part of it is, I don't know, It's I like seeing a receiver that does not wear gloves. I like the finger tape. I don't know what it is about it. I'm a big fan of that. Um, and, obviously, he's just fantastic. He he's, is not, he's not a rookie. He's played for a few Ernest years. I thought, okay, I, thought, I thought so, but I wasn't sure, and then I couldn't I find I thought they it, said so. the other day he was a rookie, but that's on me. Um, but, yeah, he, he's been fantastic. Um and then I think the other takeaway from this game is that the Lions had some calls that maybe should have been made or missed calls that should have been made, like that last one on Nakua where he had a guy kind of draped on him and then uh, had a late hit maybe. Um, I just think that's the Lions cashing in on some bad luck previously and the Rams uh, having their luck being revoked after that no call against the Saints in the NFC Championship game a few years ago. Um, there was, I will say... The refing goes both ways, and there was a call earlier in the game because I sent it to the group chat. I was like, man, Lions are getting screwed here. Yeah. Was, uh, I believe they called a false start on the Lions, and it should have been offside against yeah. the Rams, and that ultimately took the Lions out of field goal range, and they had to punt. So. Yeah. It'll happen. Battle refs happen. It's in every sport and every game, so whatever. Moving on, Chiefs-Dolphins. Um, this one wasn't close from the beginning. No. Um, Tua, I fear, not that guy. I mean, could you, we could not have had like a better display of his lack of arm strength than throwing that prayer to Tyreek and it almost being too short and Tyreek coming back to make like a miracle play on the ball to score their only points of the game. Um, so this is another tough, uh, situation for Miami to be in because Tua is also coming up where he's going to have to be re-signed here. Um, and it's... I like, wouldn't give big money to Tua. I think, but the thing is, I think he's going to ask for it though, and I think someone's going to give it to him, whether it's Miami or not. Uh, yeah, somebody's going to give it to him, and they're they're not they're going to lose out on that contract. Um, the issue is, is like if they don't bring back Tua, 
what's the plan? Um, They're in the same boat as the Steelers. And I was going to say. Yeah. Patriots at that point. Um, they have Tua. They don't have, like, a backup plan at the moment. Um, they're another team that might be in, like, the Justin Fields sweepstakes maybe. Who knows? I do think that the, it ends up just being that they will bring Tua back. Yeah. Um, I would not be shocked if that happens. I think the as much as he was an issue, I think mm-hmm. another issue on that offense is that they just could not run the ball on the inside, like, whatsoever, uh, which is obviously a big problem uh, in this game because they went down quick again and then couldn't run the ball, and it was just disaster all across the board for them. So maybe they just draft entirely new O-linemen and a running back and cross their fingers that next season can go better rushing the ball. Um, On the other side, we had the Chiefs. As much as that was a great performance from Patrick Mahomes, it could have been a lot better if Mecole Hardman knew how to track a football. Um, It was, like, abysmal. It looked like if you had me, Ryan Routes, out there. Not, you know, athletically. But if you had me trying to track a ball downfield, it would look exactly the same where it just, like, falls, like, two yards next to me and I don't even make an attempt to get it. Um, I'm surprised he's on that team. Rasheed Rice is really the only receiver on that team that, like, has been a positive for them all year. I mean, aside from Travis Kelsey. Wide receiver, I should say. Um, and it's gonna have to, he's going to have to continue to be that guy against the Bills because he's really what they have on uh, offense, him and Kelsey. Uh, Pacheco did not have a super efficient game. I do love watching him run, though. Uh, it's hilarious. Now the I'm I was watching in a China shop. It's it's great. I was watching I was watching him, and then I was like, who does he kind of run like? And I was like, you know what? He looks like Marshawn Lynch sometimes when he runs. Marshawn had the same like running like he's angry at everything. <laughs> I was gonna say Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Okay. <laughs> Going for a bit more of an out there <laughs> comparison, but I respect that. That's just what came to my my mind. <laughs> arms swinging. Oh yeah, and just stomping. High knees. And it looks like he's going so much faster than he actually is because he takes so many quick steps. But then someone catches up to him like twenty yards down the field, and you're like, oh, he's really not moving that fast. <laughs> um, so yeah, for the Chiefs next week heading into Buffalo, it's gonna have to be the Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey show. Um, I have no faith in any other receiver on this Chiefs team. But I think what they are showing is that they really are just a couple of receivers away from being Super Bowl, like really solid Super Bowl contenders again because they're doing this with so many negatives at receiver. So Their defense has been playing well and their too. Defense, yeah, it's been insane. They've been incredible. Chris so. Jones has been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, their secondary has been great. Uh, Nick Bolton came back, and he's been playing really well. Sneed's been very good. Sneed's been – he was, a, I think, Pro Bowl and All-Pro snub. Um, Same with Amon Ra. Did you see that, that he made the, the All-Pro team, but he didn't make the Pro Bowl? There were a few like that. I think uh, – What? Uh, who is uh, – Antoine Winfield in for the Buccaneers was another guy that, that was the same thing. I think he did make it. He made All-Pro. I don't think he made the Pro Bowl, though. Oh, okay. Um, so I don't understand. Which that. doesn't I mean, really make sense. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to travel all the way there for the Pro Bowl. It's kind of a waste. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so – uh, we can move on to the next game, Bucks versus Eagles. I really don't think there's that much you can say. I don't think there's much to talk about. I turned it off. There was – it's like – I was there. I was sitting there to watch the Baker Mayfield show. That's I what was, I was watching. I was there to watch the Philly downfall. But That too. But the Philly downfall, it wasn't a one-game thing. It We've seen it developing now for a while. It started with the 49ers game when they got blown out and really just kind of continued since then. Yeah. Um, sounds like Sirianni's coming back, whether it's the right move or not. I don't think it is, but it sounds like they're going to be getting new coordinators. Uh, 
Matt Patricia should never have a job in the NFL again. Not after this last Absolutely run with Philly. Not. And here's the thing, too, is we talked last year. Philly was, they had a top defense. And now this year, like down that stretch, how many times did we see James Bradbury getting cooked? <laughs> and and like we were talking at the start of the season, that was a top top uh, cornerback duo was him and Slay. Yeah. I, uh, it really, I don't even know if you could say it started at the 49ers game. I think it started at the very beginning of the season. Like as soon as um, Steichen and Gannon left, I think they were cooked because they're both such incredible coordinators and obviously they've continued their success on their new head coaching jobs. So I think the odds of them being able to find coordinators that could replace uh, the kind of production that Steichen and Gannon had were incredibly low, and obviously there were huge net negatives. The play calling was just terrible. The other thing is they couldn't run the ball. Um, Again, you know, maybe not the most inspiring stable of running backs back there. DeAndre Swift. Not really my favorite. They have Rashad Penny still, but he didn't really get a lot of touches. And then it's, it's down, down to Kenneth, Kenneth Gainwell and Boston, Boston Scott. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, and so it's just like it's tough. Obviously, they still have the offensive line. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I think they missed Miles Sanders this year. And I know that we talk – Miles Sanders was by no means a top running back in the NFL this year. Far no. from it. But – I think that they kind of went in with the mindset that if we had a half-decent guy, that our run be- run game can be good. Would be fine, yeah. And you've seen this year, it was not. How many times did we see DeAndre Swift get stopped at the one-yard line? That's why the brotherly shove became such a big thing, was because Swift couldn't get into the end zone. And Gainwell's not the answer there either, I don't think. No. So I think they missed Miles Sanders this year. I think it's one of those things where he fits with that team. And, yeah, I think... They made a mistake there. Yeah. Uh, I think it, yeah, like you said, I think it is just that they did miss uh, Miles Sanders. And he's not like some, you know, all-world running back or anything, but he was just fast enough and, like you said, fit the scheme, so it worked out well. And they didn't have anybody that could replace him. Um, Going to the more positive side of things, Monday night, if you're a, you know, if you're a silly white dude playing quarterback, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, you're on top of the world right now. This was like... If you're a quirked-up white guy playing quarterback, this was your night. Um, <laughs> Baker looked nuts out there. He was making some weird throws, like that touchdown to Chris Godwin where he just, like, just hocked it up and hoped for the best because they sent the kitchen sink at him, um, and it worked. Uh, he was he was just so, so fun to watch. Um, and I think, I think we need to give credit, too, because at the start of the year, we expected nothing out of the Buccaneers, like – even in that division, like we all kind of thought it was a toss-up. I think there was some. Most people are picking the Saints, which the Saints ended up having the same record, but Bucks mm-hmm. had the tiebreaker mm-hmm. to get in. And then I think maybe the second pick for some people might have been the Falcons. Yeah. And a lot of people weren't picking the Buccaneers, and now look at them. They're in yeah. the divisional round, and we're talking about like they have a legit shot at going to the NFC Championship, and. It's going to be a close game next week against the Lions. Yeah, man, Baker was competing with Kyle Trask yeah. for the starting job. That's yeah, that, that was that battle. was a real question though too, yep. right? Yeah. Here's here's what I'm saying though. I had this point down cuz we were talking, it was the same thing with the Seattle Seahawks talking about a Geno Smith Drew Lock quarterback battle and everyone going, "What is this? Why is it like the, why are we even highlighting this?" Same thing happens with the Buccaneers and the common link there is Dave Canales. 
the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers OC, and he was quarterback's coach in Seattle when Geno first got there. This man might be like the quarterback whisperer because he revived those guys' careers. Uh, he brought Geno back, and he's doing the same thing with Baker right now. So I have it down here. If you know, I were a team that had a head coaching vacancy and I was looking to draft a guy, he might be top of the list just based off of track record alone at the moment. Um, and that team is Washington. Uh, could that happen? I don't know. I hope so. I hope if they get a, uh, if they're picking at the top of the draft and they pick a guy, I hope maybe he's the guy that ends up there to coach them. Um, but he's been fantastic, and I think that is really the biggest difference there, is that they just have a much better OC uh, compared to last season. And if we want to move on, final game of the wild card round, we had Texans Browns again. Really isn't too much to talk about here. CJ Stroud torched the Browns. The Browns secondary just garbage. I couldn't watch this game. I was working. Hockey. You didn't miss much. I, I was late to it, and I looked at the score, and they're up by like 20 or however nuts. much. And yeah. I was like, ah, I could probably skip this one. It was. Highlights it, are good for me. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't that. It wasn't a good game. Um, I had a lot of faith in uh, this Browns defense, and I failed to consider that their secondary is banged up and not very good to begin with. Um, and that really came back to bite them, like just – Busted coverage and great throws from C.J. Stroud, and, yeah, he just torched them all game. Um, and for the Browns, like, you're back in just not good territory as a team. I think we had a lot more faith in them heading into this season. Um, but as long as this Deshaun Watson contract is on the books for them, they're kind of screwed going forward because it's like – I think $60 million cap hit unless they can put void years on or something. They're going to have to go back to him next year, right? They have to. You can't ride with Joe Flacco. No. Still. Um, And I mean, you're the GM. Like, you're not going to bench your $250 million man for a rookie or, yeah, Joe Flacco next year. I don't think he's going to be on the team next year, but who knows? I don't know Um, who uh, the GM of the Broncos is, but he's saying, watch me. That's exactly what he did this year with Russ. It's true. Um, but, yeah, I mean. only difference with that was they were making the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. So they're already eliminated. Yeah. So that's the one thing you can take away from that whole thing. Um, yeah. But what I will say, though, is that it's just tough for the Browns because I really thought they had a chance this year if they stayed healthy. And then that Nick Chubb injury was like that was the end, I think, for them. Um, they played well after that, though. They did, yeah. but that was like. As soon as that happened, their ceiling as a team went down so mm-hmm. much. And same with uh, they had, I think, backup tackles in. They had a lot of injuries on the own line, defensive injuries as well. They were like, there's just a lot of holes on that team. Um, I have them highlighted here. Ronnie Hickman, he was just god-awful, like horrific. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like what you have yeah. here. <laughs> I was going to say, have him as our uh, DoorDash driver of the week. <laughs> You need to pick a new career path, my friend. Um, and then Flacco, unfortunately, this was the end of the Lynn Sanity run. He had that – he has that, like, gunslinger. He's going downfield. He's making throws. He doesn't care. And this is where it really came back to bite him. In the past weeks we've been playing well, it was that the touchdowns always outweighed the interception, so people didn't care. Um, this week, other way around, so it mattered, and they lost. Uh to the Texans, though, C.J. Stroud, Nico Collins, I mean, they've been fantastic. And if there is a team that uh, out of the AFC I'd like to see make a run, 
the Texans, I think, would be top of the line for me. I mean, they're just a fun team to watch, and I wouldn't mind seeing them go into the championship game, although I don't think they will. But, you know, it's like it's like the Lions for me, where if they make it, good on them. I'd be happy for them. Um, I just don't think they will. So that's the end of the predictions. Or I, Sorry, the recap of Wild Card Week. Uh, if you guys have anything else to say, we could move on to uh, divisional round, just predictions and stuff. No. Okay. So, if we uh, want to do just a quick go over some of the main things that are happening leading up into the division around and some talking mm-hmm. points here. Um, I'd say the biggest ones, Ravens-Texans, is that Kyle Hamilton is supposed to be coming back. Um, Mark is Andrews is huge. not back. He is yeah. not. That was one thing. I was I was going to put that down, but then, yeah, it has, he's not going to. So that's tough. However, Ravens secondary as a whole, far better than the Browns secondary. I don't think C.J. Stroud's putting up the same kind of numbers he did. Uh, last week against the Browns, um, yeah, that's kind of it. I think it'll be this is like a big legacy game for Lamar right here, where the Texans defense isn't anything super super crazy, and you have to put up some good numbers. And I think people are expecting it from them at this point. Obviously, you know they beat the Niners, who are the Super Bowl favorites earlier in the season, uh, and I think. They have high, high expectations, so if they get knocked out by the Texans here, that would be a huge disappointment for them. Speaking of the 49ers, um, I do not expect an upset here from the Packers, unfortunately. I hate to say it. Um, the 49ers, they can run the football. The Packers can't defend running the football. That's really, I think, all it's going to be. If the Niners can get out to a lead early, it's going to be hard for the uh, Packers to play catch-up. Um and then that's I mean that's really it. I just don't trust this Packers defense. Uh the main flaw with the Cowboys is that they couldn't run the ball. Uh and like I said, the Niners can, so that'll be tough for them. Uh and then we have Bills Chiefs. We get playoff Josh Allen versus playoff Patrick Mahomes. And I wanna say that game two years ago where it was a shootout, it's one of Incredible. the best games I've ever seen. So Incredible. that's why I'm very or not one of the best. It is the best game I've ever seen of football. Uh, I would say the Chiefs-Rams regular season game was, that was up also there up for there. me. I, the 52-54 or whatever it was. Yeah. That was a good game. I unfortunately didn't watch it. I no, had okay. hockey practice that day. I remember where I was, but I wasn't watching the game. Um, so I missed out on that one, but I got to see the Allen-Mahomes one where they had the shootout. I'm ex- So that's why I'm excited for this weekend. Um, whether I, I'm not sure we're going to get a shootout or not. Keep in mind, Patrick Mahomes had Tyreek Hill in that game. He does not have Tyree kill this time, but Rasheed Rice, as you said, Terrell's been playing well. Maybe the I think a lot of it's going to have to depend on the Chiefs' defense. Can they hold up against um, playoff Josh Allen? Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to get a shootout this time. I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game, but still I'm excited for it. So Yeah, I think uh, the biggest question for me is will this Chiefs defense be able to hold up against the Bills running game uh, with Josh Allen and how good James Cook has looked down the stretch here. Um, And I just don't know if they'll be able to. But at the same time, uh, if anyone can kind of make up for that mismatch, it is Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the ball. So this is kind of a toss-up for me. I know I picked the Chiefs, but I could see it going either way. Um, I think just last point here from me, unless you guys have anything else. Um, I was going to say... I think it's going to come down to whichever offense makes more mistakes. That is, that was going to be one of the things I said. Yeah. So it was. Uh, it's going to be either. Yeah, it's going to be which which problem for each team 
is more prevalent, whether it's the receivers dropping the ball for the Chiefs or Allen having the kind of bozo, boneheaded picks. Yeah. Um, which so far in the playoffs has not been a problem for him, so maybe uh, that trend will continue. But, um, yeah, like I said, I could see it going either way, and I think this will be a fantastic game. Uh, and then finally we got Lions-Bucks. Um, either way, I'm excited for either outcome of this game, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to watch Baker Mayfield keep playing. I want to see if he can continue his play from last week. Um, and at the same time, I think Jared Goff played pretty well. Not that he had to, you know, put up. Not that he put up the same numbers that Baker did. Um, but really, either either outcome of this game, I'd be happy with. It's either the Bucks move on, and that's hilarious because you have an NFC South uh, team in the NFC Championship game, which is great. Or you have the Lions move on, and then everyone's happy for them because it's the Detroit Lions, and they deserve to keep uh, moving on in the playoffs. So. Um, I don't know. That's the end for me. I don't know if you guys have anything else you want to talk about. I think we've exercised enough on the NFL. We probably. had a lot to we had a lot to catch up on. Yeah. Do we want to go NBA or MLB next? Um, we can go MLB if that's okay. There, yeah. uh, there's a big signing in the MLB today, which breaking news was not by the Los Angeles Dodgers, which is absurd. That's yeah. So maybe we should just cover that right away. Um, big deal I'm referring to is Josh Hader to the Houston Astros on a five-year, $95 million deal, I believe it was. Um, that's a big pickup for them, obviously. He's been a very highly coveted reliever for a long time now. Um, and I think that kind of solidifies them as top one or top two bullpens in the league. I think they're really in competition with the Blue Jays and the Brewers at this point for uh, best bullpens. So... Huge move for them. I think it's great. Uh, like I said on episodes before this, anyone but the Dodgers, I'm happy that the Dodgers did not sign uh, um, Josh Hader. So whatever. I don't care that it's the Astros. And then for the Blue Jays, they have not had a ton of news. There's been some rumors. Um, the biggest thing is uh, them signing Yariel Rodriguez, who played in the J- uh, Japan League professionally before he came to the Blue Jays and also pitched in the World Baseball Classic. Um, for Cuba. For Cuba, yeah. And he looked uh, very good in the World Baseball Classic. He did have some control issues. Um, I've seen it kind of floated that he could be starter or kind of a long reliever, and I think I'd prefer if he was a long reliever, at least until he gets that control uh, figured out. Um, who knows, maybe he comes in and works with Pete Walker and fixes all of his issues and then he's fantastic and he can be a starter but at the moment he's a two-pitch guy so I think he does work best coming out of the bullpen um but in you know limited uh stuff that we've seen from him World Baseball Classic he looked pretty good and also he looked good in Japan so I am very excited for this for the Blue Jays uh I think it kind of like I said with the Astros kind of they're solidified fighting uh for a top three spot for best bullpen in the league um and then for more pitching-related news for the Blue Jays, apparently they're interested in signing Blake Snell, which, sure, I would not mind that at all. He's a great pitcher, and I think uh, he'd fit well into our rotation. But it's like, if that's the big move, I'd be rather disappointed. Um, they just need to sign somebody who can hit a baseball. Um, and I feel like everyone knows that's the issue. I don't think anyone's complaining about their pitching at this point. Everyone knows that. Uh, they're a good team for starters and bullpen. I, I want to say Blake Snell to the Blue Jays would make a ton of sense because if you remember that one World Series game where he got pulled out early, seems to be a theme with Blue Jays pitchers in the playoffs. So yeah. maybe maybe he'll fit right in. He fits the system. Um, 
I mean, yeah, he he would be. I like I said, he'd be a great fit. He just wouldn't be like the number one. If that's all we're spending money on this offseason, I'd prefer if it's spent on a hitter. Um, and then the last thing is, it's not big move, big news really. I think it could lead to maybe something else. But they signed uh, Chris Servin off of waivers from the Cubs, who's a catcher. He'll be like a backup depth piece. Does this mean that? One of uh, Danny Jansen or Alejandro Kirk gets moved. I don't know. It's a possibility. Um, that's kind of a log jam at that position right now, unless they just want to keep uh, rotating guys in and out. Um, but, yeah, for the MLB, I think that's it right now. You kind of get through that fast. Um, yeah, do we want to move on to the NBA? Can I, can I just oh, start with ahead. my one point that I have for NBA? I'm not yeah. sure if you guys wrote it down. DeAndre Ayton didn't make his get, yeah. make it to the – Blazers that game the other day because of snow, which he's still, he's still battling a knee injury because I have him on fantasy too and he's not playing tonight either. Oh, okay. So as much as they probably made that as a joke, I think he was also probably not going to play because he's injured. Okay. They, they said they tried. To, it was like they sent people out to his house to try and get him out and they couldn't. He was stuck there. I can't. I can't do it. And if you if you see if you see videos, oh, like it the, says he's probable now. But for the last like three weeks, he hasn't played. Oh, so. Okay. Yeah, he's been stuck in the ice storm. <laughs> he can't get <laughs> three out. Weeks. I hope not. But. <laughs> he hasn't been able to leave the house. Mm. Um, I and then uh, I don't that's, know. That's we'll, weak excuse. I was able to make it to Costco the other day during that. Snow. I was so able for to a make hot it dog. to the studio today. There we go. Yeah. Pro- only problem with Portland is it's very, very, very hilly. hilly? Yeah. So, if they don't shovel, which it's like Vancouver, like if it snows, kind of the whole city just kind of shuts down, mm-hmm. and uh, people don't believe in winter tires, so <laughs> they aren't real. Um, winter tires, no, like you are don't unbelievable. buy. Them. So you're just if he probably lives on a hill in a nice house on a hill, I'm guessing. Um, so you can maybe get down, but you'd probably die on your way down, and you definitely can't get up. So. I can kind of understand. If you think about it, too, he's probably not the most inclimated to the weather. Uh, yeah, from Phoenix. Phoenix, where he was playing last and in college, and he's from, like, the Bahamas or something is oh, where okay. he's from. So not a lot of ice storms in the Bahamas is no, what you're saying. Okay, not not from what I've seen. Um, they got other weather problems that they got to deal with, yeah. too. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that I think is probably what would have happened is he probably lives on the hill or mm-hmm. on a hill or a mount mountain. <laughs> um, so it's probably just tougher cause they don't, they don't have to deal with snow very often in yeah. the Pacific Pacific Northwest. He'll get the pass this time. Yeah. Yeah. If it happens more than get him a hotel downtown, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we could probably, uh, move on to talk about some news that broke in the NBA. We've been pretty silent about it as mm. far as social media mm. goes, but... Um, we're in mourning. Yeah. Mm. We're wearing all black today. Well, no, you're wearing the red. Red and white with uh, the number 43 on it. Pascal Siakam has been traded to the Indiana Pacers. Uh, it's, it's, it's been a tough week coping a little bit um, as far as it goes for me. I don't know about you guys, but... Uh, yeah, but I think it was time at the same time. I agree. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, we're not winning. Yep. No matter what we have, we're not winning. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about it briefly. You got to get rid of them when they're still valuable. Mm-hmm. Or at least we can or get something can get for them. get something from yeah. Like, the Fred Van Vliet thing still irks me that we just let him walk. And yeah. It, yeah. I was like, we could have got something good for that. <clears throat> um, 
so get rid of them when you can. Same with OG, like get rid of them when there's teams that really want them. Um, there's things going around now. Um, if you guys don't know who was involved in the trade, was um, Bruce Brown and Kira Lewis, and then three first picks and Jordan Nwara and Jordan Nwara. Um, there's a lot of things going around that the Knicks want to go for Bruce Brown right away. Send him. So again, we're gonna get. <laughs> A bag of popcorn for Ooh, Bruce Brown. We should probably. try and trade for OG Ananobi. Ooh, I heard that, that guy's would actually good. be kind of funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, we'll probably just get a second round pick. I think he goes cash. for more than that. Yeah, uh, I feel like you don't trade him for anything. What would you less get? What, would you, what do you want from the Knicks, though? Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes. We're not going to get Quentin Grimes from. He says there's been reports that he that Tibbs doesn't like him and that he doesn't want to play for the Knicks. Yeah, really. Yeah, he's a bigger guy. Maybe too. Quentin Grimes and. Second overall pick, or second overall, second sure. round pick. I'll take it right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I, I already talked to Terrell about this a little bit. The only thing that sucks about the, the first round picks is they're not going to be high, no. and this draft class is pretty cheeks, if you ask mm-hmm. me, like this year. Um, so there's not a lot of guys that uh, – either there's guys that were supposed to be, you know, top five picks secured that have not played well this year in college basketball, so they're dropping a lot. Um or guys that are good in college and just won't be good in the NBA, um, just the way that they're built and the way that they're, they're they play, they just won't be great. So if we have a thirtieth overall pick, I mean, yes, sometimes the Raptors are good at finding diamonds in the rough, and I would say that we have probably the best development program and potentially in the NBA with the nine hundred five. There is a chance. It's just there's nobody jumping off the paper like there was last year. Um, so it's kind of tough. Whereas the year after. There's a chance if we do have another bad year, I think Cooper Flag could be a really, really, really good option for the Raptors, but he's going to go probably number one. So um, whether they want to keep all these picks in their pocket and and uh, dump them all on somebody to hopefully get the top five pick for next year, or are we going to be trying to make some splashes this offseason so we can try and get back on track to winning, mm-hmm. it'll be a different story. I just – like, it would have been nice if we got this done last year because then we would have had a chance at getting – I don't know if we bundled all those picks and something else. We could have gotten a, a scoot maybe. Um, yeah. Or one of the one of the Asar twins. Sorry, Thompson twins. Um, maybe something like that. But I think this year it's just there's nobody really jumping off the page. Um, there's one guy from uh, Australia that's like 7'2 or something like that. He's from France. Um, so they seem to be pumping out a lot of big boys over there. So maybe there's a chance that uh, something like that happens. But... Um, and as far as the Raptors' own pick, they traded it to the Spurs last year. It is protected, though. If it, I think it's it's either top three or top six protected. Mm-hmm. So the Raptors, in order to get that pick back, they would have to tank and then pray that the lottery gives yeah. them. Yeah. Was, um, that's what the one thing I was going to say when you said that it's tough they didn't get this done last year is if they had a direction they probably wouldn't have made that portal trade mm-hmm. and they probably would have still had their own pick and they could have tanked and it just all just should have been done earlier because mm-hmm. i think maybe i think everyone other than like the raptors front office knew that they weren't going to win a ring with the mm-hmm. way their roster currently was mm-hmm. so they should have just made that uh, move earlier so the raptors are currently at the 20th pick yeah in the tankathon, and they're supposed to be getting somebody from the G League, or sorry, yeah, G League Ignite. His name is Ezan Almansa. Never heard of him. Fourteen points and nine point eight rebounds a game, though, which is pretty good. So he's a big no, guy, six ten. Um, he's eighteen years old. 
Um, and then our second pick, which actually I would not, I would not be mad about, um, is the um, Tyler Kolek from Marquette. And I know that Truman's high on this guy because he is a Marquette fan. Um, he won Big East Player of the Year last year. Um, he's a point guard, 6'3". Um, he's a senior, and he's averaging 16 and 5 and 7 assists this year for Marquette. Um, that's supposed to be our 28th pick. That could be an interesting pick. Um, if that's how it goes, um, I would. I'm. I'm. I'm kind of sad that they want to pick this Izan Almansa guy, because the guy that goes two picks after to the Knicks right now in Tankathon is Ozo Igadaro, who's another Marquette player, who is a six nine center, but he has like a forty five inch vertical. Project six nine. We're back, baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I. I honestly think that he would be unreal to get. Um, instead of this Izan Almansa guy, purely because I don't know who Izan Almansa is, um, but we have three picks in the top thirty-one. Yeah, um, and the third guy is some another power forward from Colorado, Tristan De Silva, who's another guy that's averaging like sixteen mm. points a game. So nobody that's really jumping off the page. Like I said, there's a lot of guys that I'm looking at that I'm like, oh yeah, like I've heard of these guys, but they're not great. Um, the thing with these picks are, though, like Pascal Siakam, I think, was 26 or 27. Mm-hmm. Yeah, overall. no, of OG course. OG Ananobi was 19, I mm-hmm. think. So That's what I'm saying. Have that a we have history of picking good we have players the, with these picks. We have the, the, the program to make them better players. It's just there's nobody like stepping off the page. One that I find interesting is this mock draft right now is OKC is going to get Zach Eady from, from Canada. Him and Chet Holmgren playing together, both seven foot five. That'd be kind opposite of crazy. Opposite builds, complete opposite. opposite. I, I, I've I've talked about this before too. I think Truman and potentially Terrell. I think the other day. I don't think Zach Eady's an NBA player. Uh, he's too slow. He can't shoot. It's kind of like a Boban Marjanovic kind of guy. Yeah, like he'll never make it in the NBA if he can't learn how to shoot. Which I mean, I guess we could see people like Brooke Lopez learning how magically how to shoot a th- three ball. So maybe he he goes and. Um, plays in the G League and maybe if he he would he would pan out um but besides that there's nobody like really jumping off yeah. the page this year there aren't a ton of notable names um that's the the Alexandra Saar guy is supposed to go number 1 he's 7 foot 1 playing for Perth um but the first 3 guys are all international guys which is kind of crazy um it's not a bad bet to make though as of recently mm-hmm. um, um but again like nobody like that I'm like, whoa, like yeah. that's crazy. This I, and I've seen this kind of talked about on other uh, NBA and other other NBA people have talked about this. Where this draft class is probably one of the weakest we've seen in recent memory, mm-hmm. compared to especially compared to last year. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas it's just like I think any of the top guys probably would have gone number one this year. Mm-hmm. It was just so stacked last year. So it is. Last year was just a really tough year to not mm-hmm. uh, commit to a tank. Um, Name of the draft is definitely number thirty-five to the Bucks. Wooga Poplar. <laughs> that is a sick name. So, hopefully, he has a good, good. Uh, Jared McCain gone uh, the pick after that. That's pretty crazy. Um, he's kind of flopped. Um, yeah. Well, not flopped. That's a lie. But I don't know. There's a lot of these guys that were supposed to be just unreal coming out of high school, and they just never like blew up. Um, like it surprises me that someone like Isaiah Collier is going, or sorry, is that who I'm thinking of? Yeah, Isaiah Collier from USC, who's doing decent 
decent individually, but plays on a, just a god awful USC team. Um, so I don't know. There's a lot of guys here that are like there. There's a lot of seniors this year mm-hmm. that aren't really good enough to go to the draft, so they skipped out last year, and then this year they're they're just like whatever. I going to try mm-hmm. um so there's a lot of those guys that have like i remember them playing in march madness like four years ago so um i don't know like i said there's not a lot like jumping off the page especially i got another Rappers, name but. contender yeah. uh 43 center from ucla going to the spurs adam bona, adam bona. yeah that's a good there one are some, there are some good ones in here we got tame uh, and lipsy at 48 yeah. <laughs> we should <laughs> raptors should uh Reach to get Adam Bona, pair him up with Grady Dick. I don't know. 50. Oh, that'd be actually nice. <laughs> <laughs> Number 54, I, Baba Miller. That's ooh. actually kind of a sick name. Yeah, you know what? Teams need to start drafting based off a of name value here. Seriously. That's what I want to see. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll get a diamond in the rough in the, in the draft. But I, again, like we've all said, it's just nothing like, oh my God, that guy's in the draft this year. He's going to be crazy. Um, but again, who knows? Um, Matt Tespuzelis at number six to the to the Grizzlies is a good pick because he's six eleven and he's a winger or winger uh, a wing playing wing hockey um, or he's a guard um, which is kind of crazy at six eleven so that could maybe help Jaw out but uh, I don't know besides that no think nothing like super notable um, yeah <laughs> here's uh here's something I was just out of curiosity I just looked up uh, Bruce Brown uh, Knicks. And an article came up talking about how not only are the uh, Knicks taking uh, calls on Quentin Grimes, they're also apparently very interested in Bruce Brown. And they have been since uh, free agency of last year when he went to the Pacers. Um, so I think that is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Grimes would be – that would be solid. In it's the, just another under-25 Yeah, Which player. is really – they need to be stacked. He was good in college. Like um I mean, it always doesn't hurt to have a good shooter. I think he shoots like 38% from three. Um, I'm not too familiar with his game. All I really know about him is the whole dunk contest thing where he just did a honey dip on every dunk. And Yeah. Um, um, another thing that I know, which Clayton, you'll be surprised about this, he's related to Tyler Myers. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Which is interesting. Go. So um, I think he... It was adopted by Tyler Myers' family, which is kind of cool. Um, for let's hope. That don't know. Let's hope he plays like t- prime Tyler Myers and not well, the Tyler Myers of the last Quentin, three seasons. Quentin Grimes, like again, as you guys know, I'm a, a an avid, at least, highlight watcher of college basketball. And as these guys know, March is my favorite time of year for sports. Um, with March Madness, um, Quentin Grimes was very good at, at University of Houston a couple years ago. Um, I was kind of hoping that the Raptors would draft him. And he, he ended up going higher than we had the pick. I don't remember what draft that was. I don't know who we would have gotten. Was that uh, Coloco, maybe? No, Coloco's last year, right? Or year before last year? Same oh. year as Scotty. Okay, so it might have been it might have been it might have been the Quint yeah, I think it was a Scotty the Scotty draft and he went like I think four or five picks after Scotty, so it was kind of in between our picks. So I mean it wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad. I just think you need to get something else as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I don't know, it'd also be interesting to see if we get anybody else. Or get rid of anybody else. I feel like we need a big guy. I mean, we've had uh, Jonte Porter step in to kind of fill the role of um, Jakapertl. That's Michael Porter Jr.'s brother. Mm-hmm. He can shoot it. Is it actually? He can. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. 
I didn't know that. He shoot the ball. Um, yeah. I, Runs in the family. I yeah. saw <laughs> I saw in the news today on the score came up that um, there's a lot of concerns going around Coloco's health that he might not be able to play in the NBA anymore. They waived him, yeah. Oh, oh they, they waived him? Raptors waived him to make space for today? Jordan Noir a couple days ago. That's crazy. Really? Or I guess because um, he has like um, he had blood clot blood clotting kind of like the Chris Bosh thing um, so I mean as much as that's super sad it is kind of like you can't really keep a guy on your roster that's yeah. not able to play when you're signing another guy again I, Jordan Ora for me is kind of like a who's that but yeah. Um, yeah I mean you might as well make space for someone that can actually at least play yeah as much as I was kind, I was hyped when we drafted Coloco because he was good at Arizona the year he played there. Um, it is kind of sad that that is how potentially your career ends. Is I mean, you can't play and you get waived because you can't play. He really hasn't gotten minutes at all this no. year. I know, which I was a bit sad about the year last year when he was healthy. He didn't get it. I don't think he got a super fair shot. No. Um, and I feel like it was weird that they carried him to the NBA games a lot. Like he was on the like he didn't play a lot with nine oh five either, which no. I was kind of like, why? <clears throat> um, but I think if he had a little bit more nine oh five time, he could have been a really good center for us because he's long, athletic. But yeah, that's just a bit sad. Um, if we want to kind of finish up, maybe the talks on the Raptors trade here. Yeah. Um, I think maybe actually first of all. The so they have two picks that are the Pacers in this upcoming draft, and the last one they got is just whichever pick is the worst out of OKC, Houston, Utah, and the Clippers, which at the moment is either probably going to be OKC or the Clippers. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be again not a crazy high pick. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I'd say this was like fine for the Raptors. It wasn't like a crazy return or anything. Um, I was kind of hoping to get a higher upside young guy uh, if we were going to trade Pascal. However, I understand that. They had to get something from him. Like you said, we wanted to avoid a Van Vliet situation like we had before. Um, so I think it's just good. You know, you stack some draft picks. You get Bruce Brown, who I think is just going to be another trade asset here coming up soon. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to sign Pascal Siakam, so you save a bunch of money. Um, yeah. And then for the Pacers, I think that's uh, it's pretty good. The one thing with Pascal that he didn't have was shooting. He's terrible spacing-wise. But the Pacers have a lot of guys who can make up with that. Um and then Halliburton is obviously a good playmaker. I think Pascal will be a good play finisher for them. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I think it was a good trade for Pascal. Yeah, yeah for I sure. think this is ideal for Pascal. Mm-hmm. I think so. And honestly, uh, as much as it does suck to see him go, I'd rather him uh, move on to a team that is contending than kind of waste his prime in mm-hmm. Toronto. Um, so I'm excited to see him and Halliburton play together. I think they'll be a great duo. Uh, and I think that is the role that Pascal should have. I don't think he should be the number one guy on a contending team mm-hmm. um and for you Pacers, see why we when we won the championship he was not the number yeah. one guy and it worked out and he was great as the number two next to Kawhi, mm-hmm. or arguably three if you count kyle lowry or yeah i would say kyle lowry for sure had a good playoffs yeah but, um, um but yeah and for the pacers obviously halliburton's your number one and if pascal's your number two then that's fantastic um defensively pacers still are going to be pretty bad pascal is not like an all-world defender or anything uh, he is maybe he does add a little bit of like versatility to that mm-hmm. lineup for them, um, but yeah, overall I think it's a good fit for uh, Pascal just because he's not going to be asked to shoot the ball, and I think the Pacers' offense is much better overall than the Raptors is, um, in terms of uh, actual outcome and the scheme itself. So 
I hope he plays well in uh, Indiana, and I'm excited to watch him and Halliburton team up. Mm-hmm. They play at 8 versus the Blazers. I will be tuning in. Yeah, I'll watch Spicy P put up 40 on the Blazers. DeAndre Ayton might be there. <laughs> Maybe. See how the ice See is. if they got some chains They've on They've deployed the flamethrowers to DeAndre Ayton's house <laughs> to melt the ice. Um, Who's baller of the week? That is, I was looking this up. <laughs> I was looking this up because I wasn't sure. I'm a bad sure. basketball fan this year. Me too. Like, it's just depressing when your team just sucks. So yeah. I just like I watched the start of the I watched the end of the game mm-hmm. versus the Bill, uh, Bills, the Bulls last night. And yep. I was like, oh, it's just so sad when you're like, there's not one guy that I'm excited to watch on this team anymore. Is um, it besides Scott? Excited, but is it Joel Embiid? Who else the, would you be excited for on the Raptors right now? Uh, Let me tell you. I'm Dennis, uh, I uh, quickly I do like. Quickly, I like yeah. quick. Barrett. Barrett's been good. Yeah. Barrett has been up. good, but I, I I think it's one of those things where it's he's gonna settle in and then it's not gonna be. They beat up on the Heat, you know. They beat they up look, on the Heat and lost to the a team that's surprisingly worse than them in the Bulls. Somehow, the Bulls, yeah. Um, the Bulls just have our number, man. They, they do. They that's always, really all it is. Demar's in Toronto. Vince was on the broadcast. Yeah, it was a recipe for disaster. Would you? Um, okay, I got a quick question for you guys. Would you take DeRozan back? No, <laughs> I wouldn't trade at this for point. Him. At this point, no, <laughs> I wouldn't trade no. for him, and I wouldn't give him a big contract. No, no. I mean, if he wants to come back on like a vet minimum deal to be in Toronto, then sure, why not? Act opposite of what this team needs, I mm-hmm. think, where he's an older guy who does not play great defense, uh, isn't the best three point shooter. Mm. He's like exactly what the Raptors don't need. Mm-hmm. But like I said, if he wants to, I mean, we're we're kind of out of our assets besides Scotty now, though. Like we're not gonna get a big trade again. Yeah, and I don't think we got picks. But they got picks. We got Why? Picks, they got Bruce Brown, like, Gary Gary Trent Jr. I think could easily get traded. Oh, he could I know, but like we need to. If we want to switch now to becoming a contender again, we're gonna have to. They that is cash. that's yeah. not the direction they're headed. I don't think. I think after dealing Pascal and OG, they have committed to a full rebuild. I don't think they want to. Yeah. I don't think they're going to rush it. No, no, there's no reason to. A couple seasons, but um, unless something falls in their lap, that's a really, really good deal for maybe a couple stars. But even but. in that case, I feel like if some, if some big star does come on the trade market, why would the team not go to OKC before they went to the Raptors? Yeah, and that's that's kind of the thing where this trade with the Pacers makes sense because they're not a free agent destination either. Yeah. They trade for guys, and yeah. we're mm-hmm. the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just like the whole like uh, thing a couple years ago with the whole Russell Westbrook, Paul George situation that could have potentially happened maybe in free agency. But I mean, again, I no, that was trading. That, that was, was trading? we were supposed to trade Pascal. That was, oh, it was, was it? free agency with Kawhi, but yeah. allegedly bringing in Paul George and yeah. Russell. See, like you don't think Kawhi. like if that sort of sitch happened again, that but maybe like who not would that right be? Now. I'm not sure, but I just don't think I don't think that I think the Raptors. At that moment, we're a far better team than they are now, mm-hmm. even without Kawhi. I just don't think that they're they're no longer like one piece away because that's really what it was with the Raptors for the past like three years. Is well, if we get one star or if we can make one trade to get a good mm-hmm. player, then we'll be contenders again. And I just yeah. don't think that's really our. I think John kind of Murray. Would you make that trade again? It's I, another young guard. But it's a young guard. I think he'd be. You'd have to. It'd be too much to get him. And again, I don't think he impacts how much they win that much, and I don't think they want to be winning anyways. And again, that means you have quickly, Schroeder, Jante Murray, R.J. Barrett. Gary th- Trent. Gary yeah, Trent. There's like, lots of One, one of those guys, or I guess not one of those guys, but I think if you 
trade for Dejounte Murray. Well, I think Dejounte. Gary's gone. Yeah, probably. Or Bruce. You think Gary's that much worse than Dej- than Dejounte though? Like, I don't think it's that big of an upgrade. I would rather have. I'd rather Dejounte have Dejounte Murray all yep. day. Yeah, uh, not a doubt in my mind. Honestly, but I don't think it's that much different. It's not like. He I, elevates us defensively, I, and he gets a us bit. a young point guard. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. The, he think, has his days, but. The argument is not that DeJounte Murray isn't, like, that much better than uh, Gary Trent. I just don't think he moves the needle enough to. That's like, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah To true. validate that trade. Like, yeah. we don't get that much better. No. No. So and it's like. And it's like, at this point, point, like, what would, a like, a marginal increase in wins do for the team? Not that much. Unless we go on an absolute run right now somehow out of nowhere with just a bunch of guys that are just trying to prove themselves. <laughs> they got then we have no chance. We're gonna uh, at the best posi- at the best position we finish the season. We finish as a playing team. We maybe win our playing game and then we lose in the first round. Unfortunately, the playing game will be against the Bulls, and unfortunately, the Raptors <laughs> will lose. Yeah. <laughs> um, when's the is the deadlines the trade deadlines the eighth of February? I think? Yeah. So they have three weeks to. Prove that they should make a trade. To this try is our upcoming Bruce schedule. Brown, that's it, Knicks, Grizzlies, Clippers. I think we could win one out of three. One. Yeah, the Grizzlies, um, Hawks, Bulls, Rockets. Uh, we could win those three. Send Bruce Brown to Houston, and they can give us one of their young guys. There we go. Dylan Brooks. <laughs> We're collecting. Bring them home. Bring them. Give home. us Shangun for Bruce they, Brown. If they did that, I would be ecstatic. <laughs> I would be so happy. I, uh, yeah, I don't mind Shengun, but that would never happen. No, no, it they would, would never. Wouldn't do even that. be close. Yeah. But I would, s- I could see Smith Junior coming to us for Bruce Brown in the pick. I'm not high. I don't him. think he'd be coming either. I, I think he's also too valuable, mm. especially with Bruce Brown on a short contract like he is. The, like not what Smith Junior do you think I'm talking about? The one from the Rockets, right? Yeah. Okay, I don't think he's too valuable, but I don't think so either. Am I thinking of the wrong person? I think probably. Who am I thinking of? What's his first name again? Jalen? No. You're no. thinking of Jalen Green. No. Um, oh, I would which take Jalen Green tomorrow. I, I'm not His shot selection is so bad. Chucker. I was watching. Shot chucker. Dude. I mean, he's, it's different offense, though. He yeah, be but a shot I don't, I don't he want he has the green light in Houston. He needs the red light right now. Yeah, they should not be letting him take whatever. Did you shots see that like compilation or whatever That's, of his shot yes. selection? Yeah, dude, the first one was cow. from behind the backboard. Yikes! Yeah, he had like, like three behind the backboard. <laughs> it's so funny. He's he's shooting shots like he's prime Kobe out there, but yeah. you're what not that guy. Now, like 15, you're not 20? that guy. Um, probably like twenty. Who I'm like. Smith Jr., who are you guys – like, what's his – like, like Dennis? 10. No, not Dennis Smith Jr. Rockets. Jabari? Jabari. Yeah, I don't think they send Jabari for Bruce Brown. How's not, it is, – is he not like – I don't want like, Jabari, man. I don't know. I'm not high on him. I, maybe I'm just like – maybe I'm a casual, but I don't know. He's shooting like 40% from three on the season. Jabari? On how many attempts? He's – uh, Not a lot. I'll check. Um – Here's his, the list of field goals uh, attempted, 9, 9, 11, 15, 14, 13, 7, 13, 8, 7. And he he attempts four a night. On okay. 40%, yeah. he's averaging 14 points, nine rebounds. He's like a almost seven-footer who's averaging 40 from three. I don't think— I'm sorry. I wasn't familiar with your game. <laughs> I'm, I was like, am I insane? Because he just got picked like—what was it? Was it last year or the year before? Year before. Year before. So I was, <laughs> I was like, am I crazy? Oh, I thought he was good at Auburn, but— um, I don't know. I will be fair. I had, I don't know how many Rockets games I've watched. 
I don't know. It's just like it's tough with Bruce Brown because like he's good and he's a good like hustle he, piece, but he, he's not a guy you're gonna be like. Take my money. No, maybe, he, maybe Pat Bev will say we have a dog on the team now. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's like the exact guy that a contender would want, where he can defend whoever and can shoot pretty good from three. And he's 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 like the definition of like a Swiss Army knife guy. Yeah. Like I remember when he's on the Nets, he was picking up centers. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's the yeah. exact guy that like a contender would want. Yeah, it's like they're f- yeah, like he's not like a he's just a good defender. Yeah, like he's. I, will, I wouldn't say he's great offensively. He's a capable offensive player. Yeah, if he has a shot. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't need to. He doesn't need to put. I up think crazy it's sad that he numbers. left the Nuggets. To be honest. Yeah, he should have absolutely stayed really there. tried his best to stay. But and I mean the Pacers too, because now who knows where he's gonna go? Yeah, he's just getting he's getting tossed around right now. <laughs> Poor guy. I think it was really dumb of him to spend 10k to Jonte Porter to get his number. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like what <laughs> a waste. You're gonna lose that 10k and go to another team. He's also on a 90 million dollar contract, so 10k. <laughs> Give me number six. I'm not gonna be playing. <laughs> I'll spend that 10k on. Something I'm gonna play else. for the Raptors for two weeks and then get traded again. I'm gonna have to spend another 10k to somebody else to get number 11. Again. That'd be even funnier. Just a rotation. It's gonna happen. Money. It's gonna happen. If this is what's gonna happen, and we don't want to keep him. And the next guy's gonna ask more than 10k. Yeah. He knows that's the starting point. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna be he's gonna be up the number. A <laughs> Jonte's little bit. probably ecstatic with 10k. Oh, 100 percent. He's a G League bomb. I never even heard of him. I, I hadn't either, but he's 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 stroking it. <laughs> yeah. We could probably move on. Yeah, I think we've yeah, said so, all we. This can is so say. depressing. Yeah. <laughs> There's, yeah, there really just isn't that much. I mean, if you want to do quickly, baller of the week. Uh, Clayton, you mentioned Joel Embiid. I don't want to give it to Joel Embiid. I don't know what you guys. Guy doesn't even play. That's what I'm saying. So you could take his last four games, and it's the last month. It's well. (laughs) That's what I. That's the first thing I did is I went back to uh, January 11th because that was when our last show was, Um, and he's played two games since then. However, the guy that I do want to give it to, Jalen Brunson, who's playing under Tibbs and is averaging like 40 minutes a night. Um, Yeah, 38.7. Guess who wanted this this week for the NBA Player of the Week for. For, oh, for they East, sorry, East and West. Yeah. Have I had to guess? Would it not just be M- I guess guys, he hasn't played. You guys won't guess East. I won't. Paolo Bancaro. No. Ooh. Um, same con- uh, Same country. Same state. Same state? So the Heat? It wouldn't be Butler from Miami. I'm going off of name value only. I'm going to guess Adebayo. Yeah. It was oh. Adebayo. West? Bam. West? Another guy you won't guess. On, I think he's a baller, but Colin Sexton, Ooh, same, same team. team. Oh, oh, you think he's a baller? Jordan Clarkson, more of a baller than Jordan. Laurie Markkinen. Yeah, Ooh. I love Laurie Markkinen. Yeah, he's oh, a yeah. dog. I that's a guy, Bruce Brown, and I would take Laurie Markkinen. <laughs> I would. I don't know if Utah would do that though, because they've no, been garbage this year. Too. They just again, said, but they're in the same position as us, so maybe they would. Because they like, they just announced not? that they want to build a team around Laurie. Oh, okay. they? Because well, there's trade talks about him to the Thunder. And they Ooh, just said they nice. want to build around him. Um, well, that's anyways. Yeah, Who baller you of the name, week. Terrell? Baller of the week. I think for me, I think Kyrie's up there for me. Kyrie had a had a he got injured in the last game. He did. I just think Brunson has been fantastic, and obviously he had that huge performance. And like I said, he's averaging what uh, thirty eight point seven minutes a night. I mean, Tibbs is just running his starters into the ground. <laughs> Tibbs just hates his players. Man. It's crazy, but yeah, thirty eight. Almost 39 minutes a night. We got 34 points per game, four and a half rebounds, eight assists, a steal, and half a block. Um, go ahead. 
So you're deciding between the former Maverick and Jalen Brunson, and the current Maverick. Maverick and Kyrie Irving. We'll be talking about another Maverick in the hockey segment. Ooh, so there we go. I it's wanted been, to. You should have saved that. It's, just it's a, been the perfect segue. One crazy thing I'm looking on this website. It's been over a year and a bit since the Raptors won a Player of the Week. Who's the last one? Scotty. Fred. Fred. Pascal Siakam. Pascal. Oh. That makes sense. Pascal Siakam. It hurts. Um, <laughs> to put it into perspective, one, two. Don't tell me how many times Joel Embiid has won it. No. Okay. Not him. <laughs> one, two. Oh, he's a bum. LeBron's only won it twice. Since what a loser. Bum. What yeah. a bum. How many times has Jordan won? And it one, and then? one, and one was, <laughs> and one was the week before, week after, and then another one was like eight months ago, and he hasn't won one since. Yeah. How many? How many players have scored thirty-eight thousand points in this in that span? That is a great question. Well, how many people? How many times has Joel Embiid won in the last two years? Declare the week. Too many. More. Too many. Unfortunately. Sadly, he will not play enough games to win MVP this season. So That's I, so funny. All I I'm, hope. All I'm hearing here is you don't want to win Player of the Week. Yeah. Guess Overrated, not. in Overrated. my opinion. Um, you don't want to be the best player in the but yeah. conference. Jalen <laughs> Jalen Brunson, he's been he's been fantastic. Like I said, fifty uh, percent from the field, forty two from three, and yeah, just getting run into the ground by Tibbs out there in New York. I can't remember. I think all five starters from last game played like right around forty minutes. I know OGs played like hundred and thirty something minutes of basketball in the last three games. <laughs> How many <laughs> minutes is he playing Taj Gibson right now? None. Can't I be a lot. I feel like it's at least 15. Really? <laughs> With Mitchell Robinson and Haven, Harvenstein or Havenstein? Hartenstein? Okay, he's Harten. playing 9.7 minutes a game. <laughs> Too many. Damn. Um, I just want to see. Because I saw a tweet, and I know for sure that they were all hanging around like 40 minutes, all the starters. Because that's what Tibbs is known for. Um. I think he's going to, like, OG by the end of the season is going to be, like, barely alive. OG plays minutes, though. He doesn't miss time. Oh, yeah. He is going to, but. He's also like, very, very fit. Like, <laughs> he doesn't even break a sweat. I I just in 35 minutes. now thought that he went from uh, Nick Nurse and then had a little bit of a break with Darko and then went to Tibbs. So he's been. Like Nick Nurse was the same thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> where he's playing his starters 40 minutes every night no matter what. Mm. Poor OG man, he's been. He's. I don't know if it basketball. bothers him to be honest. Probably not. He's got. He's got kind of the Kawhi thing going where he doesn't talk, so maybe it doesn't. We could probably move on here. We boys. could. We're we're stretching it yeah. out. Yeah, we we can move on to hockey if you want. Unfortunately, so. game time decision, Truman Bartman. I don't think. I don't know if he's. I don't think he's coming. One thing I just want to say about the bas- uh, uh, NBA is Dame. Dame. That, that was game winner. He's so oh, good. Oh yeah. And he's so good. And I think he's my favorite point guard outside of a Raptors player in the NBA. Don't care if that's a hot take. My it's favorite. Not a hot take. That's Shea not a hot better. Take. Shea's better, but Shea he's my favorite. Yeah, that's fair. Like, by, by far. That guy is cold-blooded. And I'm so excited for the playoffs when he plays for the Bucks because he's not going to be the only guy. I don't think the Bucks make it out of the second round. Quote me. Ooh. Do you think they lose to Philly? Tweet it. I think they lose to Indiana. Ooh. That could be possible, too. Tweet it. On to hockey. Um, <laughs> do I? Actually, I'm going to give you guys a choice because there was something else that I wanted to include here that was requested by uh, someone named Will Brennan. Hey, I know that guy. Er- oh, yeah. Earlier this week. I like this. 
Do you want me to do that before hockey? I think that should be an end of the show thing. Yeah, I, I think I, agree. I, I actually was thinking that too. Just so. tease the fans a little bit. You know what you should do right now, though? Huh? I think you should run the gauntlet. <laughs> Great idea. <laughs> if you're still here two hours yeah. in. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Oh, this is going to be over two hours, especially after the hockey and the next list. But I do have a new segment idea. I think I'll talk to you guys after the show about it because I don't want to do it on here and no then spoilers. all of a sudden disappoint the fans if we decide not to have it. Yeah, so. okay. Um, but it does relate to what I'm doing for the last part of the show. So stay tuned. So going to run the gauntlet here. Follow the social media accounts. Instagram at the armchair athletes, as in the rock. That's a preview for Ooh, uh, end of the feet. show. <laughs> Next one here, TikTok at armchair athletes. Um, as I was giving out the TikTok yesterday at the Flames game, I typed in the armchair athletes and I realized, oh, man. And it went... I had to go all the way back and type in at armchair athletes. Almost so. fumbled. Um, Twitter at chair athletes. Not enough characters to type armchair athletes. Fix it, Elon. Get on. And uh, at um, YouTube here at the armchair athletes. One ninety six. One ninety six is the amount of injuries that the Golden Knights are going to have by the end of the season. There we go. <laughs> One ninety six is the amount of tears shed. That I have had since Pat Yakum was traded. You know what? Maybe we'll go with that instead. That LeBron hasn't won a week player of the week. Right. Oh, mathematically, that is not correct. <laughs> it's probably pretty close, actually. 196? No. You said it was eight months ago? <laughs> that's two years. Let's do some quick math. Nah, that's anyway. only halfway. There's 52 weeks in a That's year. only halfway. So, going to do the winners and losers for the NHL. By the way, for the social media accounts, go check out. I released my third and final part of the alternate jerseys ranking today and go give it a like folks and i know people aren't gonna like it i just wanted to explain that list here for a second the top two for me were undisputed i thought it was a clear top two three to 15 could have been in any order like i had a tough time ranking those um but like i said there has to be someone at 15 there has to be someone at nine and there has to be someone at one and i felt like i got number one pretty and if you want to know who it was Go, Go watch follow the video. at Come Armchair on. Athletes on TikTok. So, starting off the winners and losers segment. Going to start off with the winners here. The first one being the Philadelphia Flyers. They've won five in a row. And it's it's mind-blowing to me that they're fourth in the Eastern Conference right now, which is wild compared to where I, I had them at the start of the season. And we were talking early in the season. They were one of those teams where it's like, ah, maybe they'll fall back down to earth. But we're 40 games in, and I'm not sure if they are. I'm not sure if they're going to fall back down to earth or if John Tortorella is going to carry that team into the playoffs. And you know what? Say what you want about John Tortorella, um, about how he comes off um, in the media or whatever. As a coach, I don't think it can be denied at this point that he's a great coach. Uh, Stanley Cup in 2004, which I know was a while ago, I wasn't watching hockey at that time. But think about what he did with Columbus, carried them to one of the biggest series upsets of all time, in my opinion, which was the sweep over the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2019. And now what he's doing with Philly, carrying a team that should have been in a rebuild, should have been a dumpster fire into the fourth spot in the Eastern Conference. And the impressive part, too, if you look at the stats, nobody jumps off the page individually for the Flyers. There isn't a star player really on that team. Second winner here, the Winnipeg Jets. And they would be the big-time winner if there wasn't another team 
who took that spot. And I don't I don't bend my own rules here. There's only one big time winner. Cry about it if you think there should be two. We don't give out participation medals on this show. <laughs> um, but Especially yeah. not to LeBron. Oh, that bum! Absolutely. Get him out of here. It's okay. Jordan's not wor- even worthy of a participation medal. Uh, he, he's already sold it to spend more money gambling. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the money to spend. That so, for the Winnipeg Jets, though, they're second in the West right now, and they were a team that I kind of had on the bubble. But man, they've performed this year. They've been very good. They had their eight-game win streak snapped by the other winner, Philly, on Saturday. But they did beat the Islanders on Tuesday, four to two. Uh, Connor Hellebuck, he's the Vesna front runner right now, and he better be thanking that Aiden Hill's injured right now. But <laughs> no, uh, Connor Hellebuck's had a fantastic season. Um, 20.5 goals saved above expected, has a 9.25 save percentage, and to give you a reference here, Demko is second with seven in the goal saved above expected department with 17 of those. And as well, I think a huge part of their success. So once again, offensively, Kyle Connor, I think. Or Mark Shifley's point per game, I don't think Kyle Connor is. But they don't really have guys that jump off the page that aren't leading the league in numbers. But w- what they do have is depth. They're good all around. And they're a team that made a trade where they traded Pierre-Luc Dubois, who didn't want to be there, so it made the trade easier. But they traded, I guess, one of their top players at the time for a few other guys that, I guess, more middle of the lineup players. But they got more. They got qual quantity over quality I guess you could say and but even then this season they've had if you compare the trade they've had the quality as well Gabe Velarde's been better than PLD Uh, Velarde has 20 points in 25 games for the Jets which is more than what Pierre-Luc Dubois has in 42 games so overall just a win for the Jets in that trade now we go to the big-time winner, and it's the Edmonton Oilers. They've won 12 games in a row, which is a franchise record. They're absolutely rolling right now, and they've climbed their way out of the basement. They're now third in the Pacific Division. They're sixth in the Western Conference. McDavid's fifth in points in the NHL with 59, which you wouldn't expect. But how good do you have to be for people to be like, man, it's disappointing he's fifth in the NHL in points. Dreisaitl has 50 points in 41 games, which again, same thing as McDavid. Man, disappointing, but 50 points for in 41 games for any other player. You're like, man, they're having a great season. Um, and their defense and goaltending as well, which people have doubted, myself included. I still might be doubting it in the long-term stretch, but they've shown up in this win streak. They've not allowed more than two goals in the last 10 games. And you know what? Setting up a big showdown on Saturday. Battle of Alberta. The Oilers' 12-game win streak is going to be on the line here in Calgary when they take on the Flames. I'm excited for that game. I'm not going to be there, but I'm excited for it. So, Speaking of Flames that aren't really flaming, <laughs> <laughs> the Flames are pretty bad. So I think it could be a, quite a slaughter fest, to be honest with you. You know what, though? Especially when you, the team that struggles scoring in the Flames against a team that only lets up two goals a game against anybody that's on a 12-game winning streak that has the two best players in the NHL, potential, uh, two top ten players in the NHL, one that's probably number one. Um, uh, Blake Coleman's going to have to pull up his socks. That's all i got to say. <laughs> Man, Blake Coleman is having a good season, though. I know. I was just trying to pick an obscure oh, Flames player. but Yeah, that's and that's a good player to pick, too. Mm-hmm. Um, here we go. So for the losers, I've got the Minnesota Wild Star off. These three teams have a lot in common, but once again, I'm not bending my own rules. There's only one ultimate loser on this show. 
Uh, sometimes there's zero because I don't feel like there's someone worthy of the distinction, but I try not to break my own rules. Um, the first loser here is the LA Kings. They've lost 10 of 11 games. They're tumbling right now, guys. And, I mean, seven of those games were one-goal games, but like they say, good teams find ways to win. And the LA Kings just ain't doing that right now. Pierre-Luc Dubois trade, if it wasn't only... I'm going to say four months into Dubois' L.A. Kings career, I'd be calling it a failure. Um, he's not been good. He's not a number one center. He's not worth what they're paying him. It's a failure right now for the L.A. Kings. They're eighth in the Western Conference. They're hanging on to that wildcard two spot by three points over the Flames, and it's surprising to me with the start that they had because it was a team that I thought would have been a cup contender. In fact, I was almost close to saying that they were the favorite in the Western Conference. But with the way that they're playing lately, they're far from it. Speaking of teams failing right now in the Western Conference, Minnesota Wild, they've lost 9 of 11. Let's not try to make conspiracy theories out of those numbers. <laughs> I try. I put that down, but I, tr I was trying not to say it, and then it just slipped out. So. Ken Dorsey okay. of the Buffalo Bills loves that record. <laughs> It was Nick Castellanos. Very true. As that's a home run by Castellanos <laughs> into left field, and it'll be a 4-1 ball game. Uh, I'm not sure if I – or center field, I think it was, right? No, it was deep left field. Okay. Um, long drive to deep left field by Nicholas Castellanos, and it'll be a 4-1 ball game. Uh, Minnesota Wild wish they were hitting home, run, home runs right now. They've had a roller coaster of a season, and I think, honestly, this is who the Wild really are. If you look over the last few years – the bar to make the playoffs in the Western Conference has been very low the last two seasons in the Central Division. You've had two strong teams typically, and then you've had a third team that's weak. And so the Wild have made the playoffs now three years in a row. One of those years, they were legit, and it was their first year of those three. But unfortunately for the Wild that year, it was the 2021 season was the 56-game year, and they had the top two teams in the league that year that they um, so unfortunately, you have to play one of those teams in the playoffs in the first round. They lost to Vegas in seven, but they took Vegas to the limit in that series. They had me nervous in that series. I thought they were going to pull it out, but didn't. And what what sent the Wild back, what set them back as a team, was when they bought out Parise and Suter, and you now have $14 million in dead cap space that you cannot use now, which is not good. I don't think... I have to. I don't think you even have to be a hockey fan to realize that that's not very good. Um, and as well, I think this team just lacks. I think they lack a lot of high end talent. I think they've got some depth, but I think they lack the high end talent to really be a contending team. They don't have a number one center, and maybe Marco Rossi's going to become that guy. His career is back on track now. Kind of had a rough couple years there following being drafted. I know COVID hit him hard, um, health wise. And then Joel Erickson Eck, fantastic number two center. I'd love to have him on my team, but he, if he's your number one guy, I don't think you're a contender. Brock Faber as well, for as a rookie, has been awesome for them. And he's got a good shot at winning the Calder right now. I think Bedard is the front runner. But with the injury to Bedard, which you hate to see, I hate seeing that. But Brock Faber might take advantage of it and ultimately vault his way into being the Calder front runner. With that being said, as I want to get back to the last two seasons, I think the Wild in the 2020 season might have actually been the second seed in the Central, but they fell to a much stronger team, the St. Louis Blues, um, in the first round. 
and they weren't better than the Colorado Avalanche that year, who ultimately went on to win the Cup. Last season, the Wild finished third in their division, and they were a clear step below the Stars and the Avalanche that year. And now this year, and the reason why they were the third team kind of in those two scenarios was because there wasn't really another team in that division that was good enough to take that spot from them. But this year, there is a clear top three teams that are actually juggernauts. You have the Jets, who I mentioned, and of course the Stars and the Avalanche. So I think that this is kind of who the Wild are, and there's actually a fourth team. Nashville's been playing well too. I don't think they're on the same level as the other three I mentioned, but they've been playing well, and they're clearly head and shoulders above the Minnesota Wild. Now for the ultimate loser, and it's the Ottawa Senators, guys. They've lost six of their last eight games. They're last in the Eastern Conference in points, and yes, they do have four games in hand on Columbus, but even if they won all those games, they'd only be three points ahead of the CBJ. And we mentioned the clairvoyant nickname at the start of the show, Will. Here's a prediction that I did get right. Jonas Corposalo has been awful. It's been an awful signing for the Ottawa Senators. And he had an eight he has an eight eighty-five save percentage, which is just awful. That's not that's backup numbers. That's not starting goalie numbers. And I predicted it. This guy is overrated by NHL fans. His entire reputation is carried by one game, which yes, he made seventy saves in that game, but that's one game. Um and I'm, of course, referencing the one from the bubble in 2020 against Tampa that went to five overtimes. It was a crazy game. But still, um, he's been really just mediocre ever since, and now this season's been awful. He's not the answer and goal for the Sens. And you know what? I'm going to throw out a scenario for the Senators. Not only should you trade Jonas Corpusalo if a team's even willing to take him on, but the Sens need to consider trading Claude Giroux. Think about it. He's 36 years old. He has 38 points in 40 games. By the time the Senators become a contender, Giroux's going to be way out of his prime unless he pulls a Joe Pavelski and just get, manages to get better with age, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, but once again, it's Claude Giroux. Trade him to a team that should be on a contender. I want to see Claude Giroux get a ring. So trade him to a team that's going to be a contender. And yes, he's from Ottawa. I don't think Giroux would be opposed to retiring in Ottawa. But at the same time, too, I think he wants a ring as well. So send him to a team that can contend. Now for the news. Got the Croke Child Classic happening this week, guys. It's a big week here at MRU. I Go. missed it last week. Or not last week, last year. It was last week. No. <laughs> Man, I'm a week behind on I this. It again. I'm excited to go. I'm, I'm pumped to go. It's rep, pretty fun. Rep MRU. Yeah, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be on the panel for that game i was i was commentating it last year guys and if it's anything like last year's games we're gonna have a couple of barn burners last year's women's game was a one nothing shootout win for mru and i know it's one game this game i think could be huge for these teams as confidence and it's i think last year's games prove it with what the teams went on to do after they won their games the MRU women's team won that game, and they were they hadn't won in the new year up until that game. And we all know, if you're from MRU and you follow MRU sports, we know what they did since then. And if you listen to the Armchair Athletes, you should know too. We had Lindsay, captain of the women's team, on this show, and she told us straight up that 
that adversity leading into the Crowchild Classic. Um, they kind of needed that, but then after Crowchild was a huge win for them, they ended up going on to win the national championship, which we won't ever stop bragging about on this show. Should get her back on after a big dub next week. Hopefully it's a dub, but uh, Calgary's women's team, they've got some offensive firepower on their team too. I wish Truman were here to uh, preview this with me because um, he's huge when it comes to the U Sports women's hockey. But um, for the men's game, that's the game that I'm usually play-by-play guy for. I will be on the panel for that game um, this year. And... The men's game is going to be a heavyweight tilt. It was a heavyweight tilt last year. If you remember that game, UFC was going into that game, and they had the opportunity to break the Canada West record for most consecutive wins. They did do it. They went on to win Canada West um, in the like the Canada West playoffs as well. Um, didn't end up winning nationals, but they did go on to win the Canada West championship. And I was walking through because I went downstairs after that game. Um, to go to the bus and was walking through by the dressing rooms after the game and UFC's confidence you could hear them they were their confidence was sky high after that game and this year it's going to be a heavyweight tilt MRU they've got a lot of offensive firepower on their men's team Connor Bouchard leads the league in points and it's not all that close um, he's been an absolute rock star there for the MRU Cougars men's hockey team Unfortunately, lost Clayton Hannes due to injury in last week's game. Um, I guess we'll just have to see um, what happens with him. But he was second in the league in points for MRU. And he's a defenseman as well. Very talented. He's absolutely unreal talent-wise for the Cougars. And for this weekend, MRU, uh, the men's team, they're on the road to face Regina. And the women's team, they're going to be at home hosting Regina this weekend. It starts tonight at 7 o'clock. If you're in the MRU area, you better be there for it. Um, now for the, to go on to the NHL news part. Golden Knights, they've been hit hard by injuries this week. And uh, if it wasn't for our dog, literally, Maverick, that they introduced this week be a lot more sad but the golden knights did pull out two wins as well they're on a two-game win streak i don't know if you can call that a win streak but it's more than one they beat the they clobbered the rangers last night and pretty impressive considering all the guys that i have listed here that are out which include jack eichel unfortunately who's was named to the all-star game and i kind of wonder now if the golden knights are going to send someone in his place i hope not i hope they take the break as just a time to rest i hope no one's named in jack eichel's place Aiden Hill's injured. We've talked about how big he's been for their team this year. William Carlson who potentially might be a Selkie finalist um, this season, which is best defensive forward. Uh, Shea Theodore, who I think they've missed a lot on the defense. I think they've missed... I think he's been probably the biggest loss of all these guys because he was playing like a Norris caliber defenseman at the start of the season. And since he's been out of the lineup has been when they've started to tumble. And I think they really miss having that offensive defenseman back there. I don't think they have anyone that can take his place. Mike Amadio now is out of the lineup as well as Will Carrier. And yes, those two guys aren't superstars by any means. And if you're maybe a casual NHL fan, you might go who to those names. But they're NHL players. And yes, that's riveting analysis, I know. But unfortunately, when Mike Amadio and Will Carrier are out of the lineup as well as some of these other names... 
You get guys that get called up that probably shouldn't be there, such as Jonas Rombier and Byron Fraze, who aren't NHL players, who then are in your lineup. And so they are losses as well, especially when you have other forwards that are out of the lineup that are pretty key to the team. Um, But at least Brendan Brisson got his call-up finally. Long overdue. Um, All-star game rosters, they've been finalized. Canucks and Leafs fans showed up when it came to voting. Four, five Canucks players plus their coach. Leafs had four players voted into the All-star game, um, which ultimately, usually the team that's hosting gets a lot of players um, into the All-star game. So I guess that trend continues with the Leafs. Also, Alexander Georgiev shouldn't be there. I'm not going to give an explanation. I gave it on the TikTok this week. Go follow the TikTok at Armchair Athletes. Also, this is my plea to NHL reporters. Stop posting a picture on Twitter and posting an eye emoji. And just reveal what news or rumors you have. Don't make NHL fans go, Ooh, I wonder what it could be this time. Um, and I'll throw his name out there because I like his analysis. He's a great dude from... He's, he's a great dude, but... Kevin Week, stop posting a picture of Jacob Markstrom or whoever. Markstrom was one of the players they posted, and then he posted an eyes emoji. So it leaves um, it leaves Flames fans then freaking out because they're like, is he getting traded? What's happening? And then, really, Markstrom's name hadn't really been thrown out in trade rumors like, prior to that. Maybe he just likes Jacob Markstrom a lot, you know? Who knows? Just say what it is. <laughs> like, maybe he bought a new house, and that's why you're posting it. Say that. Don't leave us fans to speculate who's involved, or what's happening. Now, to conclude the NHL segment, I wish Truman were here for this. Um, but I guess that's how you mean, how you know, as Terrell said, that he's legitimately can't be here Didn't, because he would have taken this opportunity to rub say, it in all our faces. Could have come on here and victory lapped a Packers win and a Maple Leafs win. So. so I was at the Toronto Maple Leafs game last night. Shout out to my roommate Logan who got us free tickets and they were absolutely unreal. I think I sent my view to you guys mm-hmm. behind the net. It was perfect view of the game and uh, was lower bowl as well, which I don't usually get the opportunity to sit lower bowl at NHL games. It's a financial thing. I don't think many people do, but ultimately, you get free tickets and they're lower bowl, you take them. So, um, and as well, yeah, just awesome atmosphere last night. Absolutely electric game. I had so much fun, guys, and I'm going to be honest, it's probably one of the most fun games that I've ever been to NHL-wise, if you exclude every night's game that I've ever been to. Um, I have those night's games uh, when they win or the games in Vegas. Um, they're just tons of fun for me as a fan of the team. But last night as a neutral fan, at least being a neutral fan at the game, was the most fun I've ever had. Because Leafs fans took over that arena, and I understand they take over every arena that they're in because they're such a big fan base. But, man, there was go Leafs, go chance. I sent you guys a video of after the Matthews hat trick, all the Leafs fans standing up. I had Curtis from Alberta in this section beside me, so I made sure to get a picture with him. Um, and I had another famous Leafs fan in the section opposite of me. His name's Truman Bartman. Um, and he was absolutely buzzing because um, I had briefly talked to him in the intermission. Um, and it was the intermission after the Matthews hat trick. Of course, that's Truman's favorite player. So I'm walking beside him. And he goes, Matthews had three. I can't believe it. And he was just absolutely going 
that game. It's a shame he couldn't be here to talk about it himself. But you know what? I will. S- I'm gonna maybe talk a little bit for him. Matthews was Matthews took over that game. It's a game Austin Matthews wins for you. Shout out also Mitch Marner had a goal as well, but I think Matthews might have had an assist on that one. And the Leafs needed that win because there was talks of Sheldon Keith, their head coach, possibly being fired after the Oilers game. Leafs have been struggling this year. I mentioned it last week. Terrell, um, you were there for that discussion yes. where I said that I don't think they're looking like the contender that we thought they would be. Mm. Dallas Cowboys of the NHL, boys. Dallas Cowboys of the NHL. <laughs> they actually referenced that on the um, Jumbotron yesterday. The yeah. They do a s- segment during, I guess, commercials where they go around and they ask people questions. And the one question they asked someone was, are the Maple Leafs the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL? And I don't know, it was a guy in a Flames jersey, so I'm not sure if he's a Cowboys fan as well, but he said no. <laughs> Which, wrong answer. Um, but still, they got the win. Matthews with the hat trick. His first goal was absolutely unreal. The second one, I was watching from the top of the stairs because it was the first shift in the intermission. And I had come back from uh, getting popcorn and pop. and uh, But I was the first one at the top of the stairs, so I had a perfect view of it. Um, and the Leafs got set up on the delayed penalty, and the chemistry on that delayed penalty was unreal because... They had possession for about 30 seconds. They got a couple of shots on prior to the goal, and typically after those shots, what happens is a defenseman will touch the puck to clear it or whatever. But the Leafs were the first to those pucks. They were getting it and then ultimately sent the one-timer across to Matthews, who buried it for his second goal of the game. Added another, as I said. And yeah, it was an absolutely unreal game. Um, I think that does it for the NHL segment. Are we going to do what I'm calling the Armchair Athletes Random List of the Week, as requested by Will Brennan, uh, sound, uh, soundboard runner of the show and host. He's got he's got dual responsibilities here on the Armchair he's Athletes. He's an important man on this show. <laughs> he's very important. The motivation behind this specific list, uh, I was watching James Bond, uh, Spectre. Yeah, I was watching James Bond, Spectre, one of the newer ones. And one of the bad guys in the movie turns out to be... Dave Batista, Big Dave, Big Dave, and I just thought it was so funny because he's this massive guy, like so menacing, and he goes the entire movie only having one line, and because we're live right now, I cannot say that line, but <laughs> you just go watch it for yourself. Good movie, and I'm gonna there, good performance by Dave. There is I want to get clearance to swear here in this next segment. I'm, I've highlighted you guys. Look at the show plan. Let me know if I can say that swear on yeah, this show. That's not a swear. Okay. I think you guys have even kind of said it on the show before. I too. think so. Okay. There's, there's so. <laughs> one thing. I want to talk about it, and um, I'm sorry this didn't happen sooner because I want to end on this list. Um, I was just very quickly going through Player of the Week selections. I want to know how many times do you think LeBron James has won Player of the Week? Ever? Yeah. 50 how many times. weeks has he been in the league? 50, 50 Five. Times. More. Five. More. Six. More. 23. I said 15. It was more? Yep. 70. 30. Uh, three less. He's got 67. Oh. Who do you think has second most? Michael Jordan. No. Joel Embiid. No. They haven't done Player of the Week since Michael Jordan. Yes, oh. they have. They have? Kevin yes, Durant. Have. He is on this list. Uh, Kevin Durant is third. James Harden. No. He is fourth. Giannis? Russell Westbrook. Steph Russell Westbrook's way down. Uh, Steph Curry's down, too. Oh. It is Kobe Bryant with 33. Oh. R.I.P. So, Braun has 67. Kobe has 33. Jordan has 25. That's not good for the agendas. That's folks. all I'm saying. You know, played six less years, but that's okay. Well, he should have. Listen, 
if well, you want it, uh, if you uh, wanted uh, to, uh, got you there. If you wanted, if you wanted to, <laughs> uh, if you want, if he was really dedicated to the game, he would have played those six years. So yeah, sometimes I don't see LeBron just, swinging a baseball bat. Uh, LeBron, LeBron ain't dropping chips down on the table. Either. <laughs> so that's across the good golfer too. Low handicap. Anyways, <laughs> cross the list of the week. Cross the two hour mark here at this point. But yeah, will I just want to get? I, w- I just want to know from you. Do you want me to record this on? Because you said you'd edit it and post yeah. it. Do you want me to record this on my phone, or I would actually rather have audio and then, um, well, I don't know. It's up to you. Do you want me to record this on my phone here, um, and then, uh, send it to you after? Yeah. But also, we might not because it's on my phone here. We might not get your audio. Should we take the? That's fine. Just sh- solo audio it. Okay. I just want to hear what you're saying. So here we go then. It's cleaner that way. So. For the Armchair Athletes Random List of the Week is what I'm calling this here. <laughs> uh, as requested by Will, it's best WWE wrestlers turned actors. So, it's going to give an honorable mention to start to the Miz, the A-lister as he's known in the WWE. He acts like his gimmick's kind of a movie star at this point, but the only movies I think that he's ever acted in is the Marine franchise, which is produced by WWE Studios. I think WWE Studios doesn't do movies anymore, but yeah, for a while, WWE did movies, and the Marine was kind of their flagship movie franchise. Got up to six, so maybe kind of impressive there. Um, John Cena was in the first Marine movie. Ted DiBiase was in the second, but probably shouldn't mention Ted DiBiase on the show because he hasn't had the best post-wrestling career, (laughs) we'll say. Uh, but now moving on to the actual top five and really the fifth spot, there was a number of guys that could have, uh, fit into this spot as a lot of wrestlers have kind of had one-offs in movies, but the best one-off, I think maybe potentially or most iconic one was Andre the Giant in The Princess Bride. And I just want to start off by saying I'm not a movie critic by any means. I've actually seen very few movies, but, uh, I'm very familiar with wrestlers and their movie careers kind of, so... Andre the Giant was in The Princess Bride, iconic kids movie, and there's no one really else that stood out to me for that fifth spot. A lot of wrestlers that acted in The Longest Ride, I think that might be the record for most wrestlers in a movie. Stone Cold was in it, The Great Khali, Goldberg, which makes sense because he played football, Um, and then there's someone else who I'm forgetting. Oh, um, Longest Yard? Uh, is it Longest Yard? Longest Yard. Oh, okay. The Adam Sandler football movie, Yeah, right? mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of okay. wrestlers in that movie. I haven't seen that movie, so that just goes to show oh, how few movies no, I've man. seen. Clayton. That goes to show. Oh, I was calling it the Longest Yard. That's a top three Adam Sandler movie. You go home and you watch that right now. It's so Alrighty. good. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper is number four. This is a clear choice for me. Can't say I know who that is. Rod? Rowdy you gotta Roddy go so- Piper. You know what? You guys said I have to go find this movie. You guys have to go search up Rowdy Roddy Piper oh, he's, promos. He's in, oh, this is uh, a guy with a kilt, right? Yeah, absolutely yeah, okay. heat yeah, on yeah, the yeah. microphone. One yeah, of the yeah, best yeah, yeah. bad guys ever. He's from Saskatoon? Yes. He, he's in It's Always Sunny as Philadelphia. Cool. Or It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's he's a wrestler in that show, and his name is The Maniac. So, he lives okay, out of his car. Well, <laughs> so as you said, he's in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, Damn, his, I didn't know he's from Canada. His main movie uh, iconic role, I guess you could say, that was a bad choice of words there, but he delivered an iconic line in the film They Live where he said, I've come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Classic. And if right you, there. you know what, that is a classic line. 
um, I feel like we should just end off the Rowdy Piper, Roddy Piper part of this segment right there. Number three, a recent addition in the movie industry, and his name is John Cena. Um, I unfortunately I couldn't really see. He's number three. Him in these movies, he is. I could put him higher. I think he could be yeah, higher. That's but, a tough but hang on a second. The two, the top two, I thought were undisputed for me. Okay. Um, John Cena's three. He's broken into Hollywood in the last few years. I think it was more so just tenure hasn't been there all as long as the other two. So, but he's already made an impact. Um, he was in Daddy's Home too. I actually forgot that until I searched it up, and I have seen that movie. Uh, he's was, it was in Suicide Squad as Peacemaker, then had his own spinoff show as Peacemaker. Which, very good, both of them. I need to see it. I've been I recommended that yeah, show before. So I need good. to see it. Uh, and you know what? He was in F9 as well. Um, I'm not sure if it was a good Fast and Furious movie. I haven't seen it. It's an oxymoron tell, right there. Yeah, tell us what a good Fast and Furious movie the is. Fast Five two. was good. Yeah. Fast Five was good. Fast and Furious. You guys are haters. Those are good movies. Fast and Furious Seven, I think, was. Tokyo Drift is an unbelievable. movie. No, no, no. Yeah, the early ones. Early ones. Yeah. Okay. From the sounds, you guys were saying they're all bad. From the sounds of it, Fast and Furious Eight was kind of when they jumped the shark. I think. Yeah. Maybe literally. I've got I've got a a movie or I got a person that you haven't mentioned, but I'll say it after you're done. Okay. Um, just throw it out right now. Hulk Hogan. He was in Rocky Three. He was in Rocky Three. He was in Air, the new Michael Jordan documentary movie. Um, I not make a documentary about Michael Jordan. Um, Who cares? Uh, he was in Robot Chicken. That's a crazy. That's a crazy one. He was in. Um, I just threw. Out, so the reason why I picked Andre was because I thought it was a pretty iconic role. Oh yeah, yeah. I agree. No, it's true. Like These the ones are probably Andre. more like. And from he's in Nomeo and Juliet. Believe it or not, I only Damn. watched the first Rocky. He's in Gremlins, the original Gremlins. That's a big movie. Believe it or not, I only watched the first Rocky movie last night. That was the first time I seen it, and it was Ooh, because oh. the reason why I why I'm now trying to catch up on Rocky movies is because I'm going to Philly in April for WrestleMania 40, which oh, I'm yeah, very you excited got, you, you for. Go, that's cool. So I'm like I. There's a lot of Rocky history in Philly. <laughs> it would make no research. sense if I took a picture with the statue having not seen the movie. So Did you say The Great Kali for Longest Yard? Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, Randy Savage is in Spider-Man. That was Ooh. that was the other one I was debating for the fifth great spot. Move, or great that role. was the other one I was debating for the fifth spot. But, again, I haven't seen that movie. And from the sounds of it, he's only in it for a few minutes. But it is an iconic scene, I guess. So, um. Gonna move on to number two because I think we need to keep this rolling. Get towards the end of the show here. Mm-hmm. Big Dave Batista got him on here. Uh, he's acted in a wide variety of movies, and this is something I told you guys in our private chat that I thought he was better than The Rock. But I'll give my reason for why I put The Rock number one ultimately Whoa, in the spoiler. end. Spoiler. <gasps> uh, I don't think it was much of a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got another. I got another one because this is a good movie. Okay, uh, I'll I'll say that till the end of this segment, okay. and then you can let me know how dumb I am. No, this much. one's just like, <laughs> this guy's the legend. This guy's my favorite wrestler of all time. Okay, uh, we'll keep this going though. Oh, also, John Cena was in Fred. I, I that just popped in my head right True. now. You're very correct. True. He was in Fred. That is a Fred. that's a deep pull right there. Do it's a Nickelodeon movie. Oh, 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 Fred, like the that you <laughs> really annoying yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So a movie. Yeah. But back to back to Dave and his role. Um, also, he so yeah, so he was Drax the Destroyer. That was kind of his breakout role in Guardians of the Galaxy, which you want to talk iconic roles. Iconic. That might be it yeah, right yeah. there. And um, since then, he's been in a wide variety of movies. 
He was in Dune, which I haven't seen. He was in the film Stuber, which I was looking on Wikipedia. They don't really have much of a mention of that, but that movie was being promoted during his last match when he was facing off against Triple H. Um, so I threw it in there. So it must be some kind of if, good movie if I'm, they're promoting it against Triple H. Um, and you know what? Dave's been very outspoken about taking acting classes to improve his acting. And it's something that I respect about Batista because he has a wide variety of roles as opposed to the guy that I have at one who I've yeah. already said. Um, and was a reason why I was debating putting him number one. But he just, I think more so quantity came into it in the end where The Rock, the Rock I'll, I'll, I'll just say him. The Rock's had a um, larger, way larger number of movies. But I'm going to say this, Batista and John Cena within the next five years are going to surpass The Rock. I think so. Okay. They're both just way better. Bati- Bati- I don't think they'll ever. The Rock is just a status, though. The, yeah. the Rock is just an action movie merchant. Yeah, that's He's what. Not an actor. He's just huge. That's what we're. That's best. what we're gonna get. That's what we're getting to. I'm here. not trying to say he's a fraud. I'm saying he's a pop culture icon, and he'll always be. He's an um, actor, was not a Dave wrestler. Dave Batista also not in Blade Runner 2049? Right. Yes, he was. That was that's also a big movie. Okay, like, so. When I think of The Rock, I don't think of The Wrestler. I think. No, no, yeah, yeah. I think of the actor. I would say he's probably better as a wrestler, but. And I guess Bati- Batista yeah, was yeah, also yeah. in the Avengers movies as Drax as well. So yeah, yeah Batista's in, in Batista's Glass Onion. Uh, oh, Glass Onion. Yeah, he's he's got, really he's good. Got, he has he such a there. like bigger like repertoire of yeah. stuff that he's done. Yeah, I think you are right that they both can't. That's the one thing that I think Batista could maybe edge the Rock is because, like I said, the Rock is just in the one type of movie as the Rock, basically. <sighs> Mm-hmm. Buff guy in the jungle. That's that's what I was gonna say right here. Is uh, so we're gonna move on to the Rock, I guess, to wrap up this. Oh, I thought you already mentioned the Rock. I am so sorry. For so, it was, oh, no, 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 no. It, it was, was we were final, just yeah. we were. I was given why Batista wasn't first, even though he will be. Um, so he's one of the biggest actors in all of Hollywood right now. Um, just in general, he's one of the highest paid actors, and you have to respect how hard he has worked to get to where he is. Like, there's a lot of respect to get from the Rock, and as well, like, man. I think The Rock's lived one of the best lives possible. Like, became, like, you think he's top 10 WWE wrestler of all time. I don't think he's top five, but I think I'm going to maybe do that a list on a future of Armchair Athletes episode. Maybe closer to WrestleMania, I'm going to do a top 10 WWE wrestlers of all time list. And I'll give my reasoning for the why The Rock isn't uh, in the top five. So sneak peek for that. Um, but, um, so to continue on here with The Rock... One of the main stars in the Fast and Furious series at this point, I think the first one he was in was Fast Five, which is probably the best one, I think, of them all. Yeah. At least from my perspective. I agree. Have you seen them all? The better ones. I've seen up to about seven. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay, that's fine. As, if you, yeah, as long as you I was going to say Tokyo Drift is really Tokyo good. Tokyo Drift, yeah. The Tokyo, early ones are always yeah. my favorite more than the What's the one where you, they are, they're on the train and they're getting the cars off the train? That five? Is it? I have no idea. I don't I know. Like, there's too many of them. They all the first together. one in Tokyo Drift, and I was like, I'm Tokyo Drift is really good. But yeah, so to continue on, um, as Terrell said, or I think all three of you guys have said, Taylor, I think, was actually now the one that brought it up. How many jungle movies has this guy been yeah. in? Jumanji, Jumanji. Journey 2. Like, he's been in so many. Journey Jumanji 2 is a good movie. He yeah, plays, I, I like he plays, he plays the same role in most of the movies that yeah. he's in, which is, the big, which is the big badass tough guy. Second time I've sworn on this show, but whatever um i will say though i've seen a central intelligence movie with kevin hart 
Good. Pretty entertaining, but once again, played the big badass tough guy in that movie. He kinda. does have some. He has some uh, character depth in that one, though. Yes, he does. And a little bit. Oh, the backstory no, behind under, his character. Underrated, underrated rock movie. The Tooth Fairy. Facts. Mm, so facts, good. So facts. that is. This is my theory as to why The Rock only plays the big badass tough guy in movies now, is because. When he was in a feud with, so he came back to the WWE in 2011, was in a feud with John Cena. And this was, WWE will do things where they blur the lines of reality, where they take real life feuds and they turn them into a, a wrestling storyline. The Rock and John Cena legitimately didn't like each other because John Cena was a little bit disappointed in how The Rock went to Hollywood and kind of for a while forgot about the WWE. And it was like basically like remember where you came from. I think was kind of John Cena's message. Ironic how now John Cena's in Hollywood, but uh, I don't think John Cena's kind of done the same thing. He's no. he's um, he he remembers where he's from. Um, but yeah. So and then during that feud with The Rock, John Cena a couple John Cena got the best of The Rock on the mic, and that's one thing I should have brought up as well. John Cena just overall is entertaining. Oh yeah. He got the best of The Rock on the mic, which is not an easy thing to do. Go back and watch some of those promos. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, you will be into that. Listen you to can John Cena's mixtape. Yes, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> His album, yeah. But no, go find the promos on YouTube. They're on there. Go find them. John Cena got the best of The Rock in it. And one of the reasons w why The Rock doesn't, I don't think, have variety now because John Cena kept roasting him about Tooth Fairy. <laughs> so I think he's just kind of like, man, like, F you. I'm not going to do a, <laughs> a kid's movie now. I'm going to be just be the big, badass oh, tough I guy. I think he was good in Tooth Fairy. I don't know. It's not it's, a great movie. It, 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 it was a good movie, but again, John Cena was roasting a lot. It, so he's probably like, man, enough. I'm not going to do those kids' movies anymore. Yeah. And it's not, even, it's not even that it's just kids' movies. It's that he plays the exact same character in the exact same type of movie. It just Hobbs and Shaw and, over and, and, over and, and, and and all the Fast and Furious. He's just the big guy that knows how to drive every vehicle on earth. A candidate and for best movie though for The Rock. I I know you said Tooth Fairy and that's a good pull. Moana. I yeah. just I put, I put that down True. here and I that's, was about that's to, one where he doesn't. But he does a good job of like. He's got the voice himself. of an angel. Yeah. Also sang a pretty good song in that. Maybe Rock's uh, singing career. There's the, there it's about go. drive, it's about power, and then there's the song in the Moana movies I as well. Know, I think John Cena adds a beat still. Oh, he definitely does. Come on. You know John, who, C John Cena's uh, rap album know, is legitimately, there's a couple of songs on there that are legitimately good. I'm going to say that. Um, one guy I want to say, because this movie was really good, and Will and I were talking about this movie yesterday, The Undertaker's in Surf's Up. Is so he that's actually? He's in, that's crazy. He's in the second one. Okay. Oh, I haven't seen the second one. I'm going. Which I wanna. It's a bit sad. I kind of. Oh, he's in the Scooby Doo Curse of the WWE movie. I watched that the other day. That's a good movie. <laughs> oh, Triple H is in Surfs Up too. There's Surf's a there's Surf's a wide up. variety of that. Looks like a wrestling theme movie though. Um, like WWE Damn, Studios, I think helped produce it. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna give you leave you guys off with a prediction here. There's a current guy that's the number one star in WWE right now. It's a cousin to The Rock. And in my, if when I do the top ten wrestlers in April, it's going to surprise some people that he's going to be on that list. But he's brought, in my opinion, he's made wrestling cool again, and I love that as a fan. Um, Roman Reigns is going to be in ten years. He's going to be on this list, and he's going to be top four. I'm not familiar with his game, but the Tribal Chief. I'll remember it. 
So here's why I say that. Not only is he a cousin of The Rock, so I think he's got a connection there. I think he was in Hobbs and Shaw as well. But Roman Reigns, I think his wrestling career is maybe... I think he's got about maybe five years left. So I think... And I think as soon as he's done wrestling, especially with the character work that he's done in this recent Bloodline storyline in WWE, he is going to find his way into the acting industry and he is going to be successful. Now... I don't know if we're going to turn this into a weekly segment, the Armchair Athletes Random List of the Week. I told you guys that I uh, would discuss this after the show, but I want to throw out a challenge for Will and Taylor, next, and Terrell if you want to get involved too. And we're going to do, I want to ask you guys, give me your top five basketball songs. And oh. what I mean by basketball oh. songs, it doesn't have to be an... You can have honorable mentions like I had here, but there isn't like bending. That... We're not bending the rules here. It's five. Pick five. Songs I would listen to while I played basketball or songs that have to do with so basketball. So I was going to explain okay. that part. It can reference basketball if you want. Like, So if I were to do top five hockey songs, the hockey song would be in there, the one where it's like, <laughs> hello out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Um, that would be in there. But I'd also throw in Thunderstruck because every small okay. town hockey yeah. arena that plays music plays Thunderstruck and I don't blame people who play Thunderstruck because I uh I've been a hockey DJ and I think every game that I've ever been DJ for I play Thunderstruck it just works it's a given yeah uh <laughs> so you know what give me your guys top five basketball songs it could be something that just works at a game it could be referencing basketball but narrow it down to five you can have honorable mentions like I did but and narrow it down maybe we can look and we can play them during the show Oh, Ooh. Ooh. play the top one. Play the snippets. Yeah, we'd have to edit it out of our when yeah. we upload it to Spotify. But yeah, that would be pretty good. So that could I, be our outro song. I, I will say. Let me know. I want to know what you guys think of that idea. I like yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah, I However, all the songs that I was thinking and of off the top of my head would not be played on air. No. Do you guys or want me to library? Probably. Do you guys want me to explain the bigger idea now? Am I okay? Yeah. Okay, so I was going to explain this to you guys after the show, but... Why don't we just do it after the show? We've been on for two and a half hours. Two and a half hours? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, whoever's still listening, we love you. Shout out Zach to you. Zach Salute, to you. <laughs> Salute to you. He probably uh, fell four times, but he's probably still here. He's back. Salute to you. This is the longest pod that we've ever done, but a lot going on in the sports world. And, and a new, that. maybe kind of segment. We'll Possibly, see. Possibly, perhaps, yeah. if we can uh, keep thinking of stuff. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, folks.